Shop at Acme and redeem your rewards points for free grocery items or discounts on gas at participating Exxon or mobile stations. Download the Acme mobile app or visit acmemarkets.com. Hello, everybody. WMMR, Philadelphia. Housekeeping. No, thank you. Sleeping. Housekeeping, you want towels? Her towels need sleepy. Housekeeping, you want men for pillow? Please go away. Let me sleep for the love of God. You're listening to Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR with Preston Elliott. You will listen to every damn word. Steve Morrison. Words like bullets. Plus, Casey Boy. Lay off me, I'm starving. Kathy Romano. I'm going to destroy everything you own. Nick McElwain. I'm just not the, the hero type. And Marissa Magnata. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. And now, Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. That's right. I'm just curious what the over-under is on our next guest dropping an F-bomb on Terrestrial <laughs> Radio. He's a, We love having him here. He's going to be at Helium Comedy Club tonight and tomorrow. Michael Rappaport! Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. I don't know who drops the F-bomb more, you or Casey over here. It's like every other word. and he more, It's just what? Off air. Off air. I mean, I know that. But me, it's too, just... me too. I've been here a few times. I've never dropped it. No, one you time. have not. Dude, I, I actually have never dropped the F-bomb on... I've never, like, said a, an F, a, an S, a, a, a nothing on, like, any sort of, like, restricted, right. you know, live I, TV, I live radio. I complimented you last time. I said you. You were, like, shocked. You, well, you, <laughs> you, you know how to read the room. You're a professional. Yeah. And you know where, what the parameters are. Yes. And then you exploit them. But uh, it's yes, great. Yes, yes. But I'm, I'm good with parameters. As yeah. long as I know the parameters, I'm, I'm pretty right, good with right. that. Because the pre do. The pre-interview conversation, it was, it was F this and F and well, that. We're, and that. we're like, talking Knicks. Yeah. I know. I know. Yes, we're yeah. talking sports, yeah. Knicks. And Let's turn it off then. You know what I mean? Like when I mean, I guess we do it too, but like, yeah, I mean. yeah I, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. <laughs> well, the, we were talking about the Knicks and, and about where where they are now, and I, I wanted to ask you because I know you have a big love hate relationship with them, and I wanted to ask you you've got you've got into some um, some beef, some some um, some contentious situations. Um, you talking about with upper management? Yeah, I mean, people in upper management. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm yes. talking about. So my question is: now that they've implemented this facial recognition system, uh, it could that prove problematic for you? Well, I, I, I do not plan on being able to go to any of the games live. Um, my my uh, celebrity free ticket uh, um, benefits are, 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 are rescinded. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean I don't support the team and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited that they're playing the Miami Heat. You know, it brings back uh, it, it, you know, old memories of you know, the good old days with the Patrick Ewan and the John Starks and the Jeff Van Gundy uh, days and I'm excited about the Eastern Conference, you know, we got the Celtics versus Sixers. This is this is blue blood NBA right. uh, rivalries, and we got the Knicks versus the Celt- uh, the Knicks versus the Miami Heat. So I'm I'm excited about the NBA playoffs. And but no, I have a beautiful television, <laughs> uh, and I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to the Knicks beating uh, uh, the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat and Jimmy Butler are not doing what they did to the Milwaukee Bucks to the to the Knicks. I could get. I'm guaranteeing that. Oh, so so how much? Do, so how much do you? Obviously, you you you. Live and, and breathe it, but I know I know you you you'll do uh, the, your betting and and you know sports betting. 
do you, do you have to throw on the brakes a lot when you get really passionate, or or do you succumb to your um, you know to your your, your betting desires? No, I'm not. I'm not like a betting that? betting guy. I mean, I'd bet something on this series. I got to look at the stuff uh, just to make it more interesting. But I'm not. It, for me, it's it's all about the the honey and okay. not about the money. Right. Like I, I like I live in a. If I could be emotionally invested in a, in, a, in a series, that's good enough for me. Yeah. And dismantling the Miami Heat, I don't need, uh, there's nothing I need to get me up more than my disdain for the Miami <laughs> Heat historically. Right. Uh, from back to, you know, when we were playing them in the 90s to the Miami Heatles with LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosch. Oh, like, I, I don't that. need anything to get me excited about You're good. this series. Uh, so I'm pumped up about that. Uh, I'm pumped up to be back in Philly. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to be here talking to you guys. You know, it's, it's great. It says, um, you, so we know you obviously from, from acting and obviously from, you know, the podcasting you've been doing for a number of years now, but learning back about your earliest days, you you really wanted to become a comedian. Yes. Yeah, so you wanted to become a comedian. In fact, you had sort of a, a, a familial <clears throat> connection to, was it? Um, the improv. The improv. Yes, yes. So how, how, what was that connection? Well, the as far as wanting to be a comedian, like, you know, I grew up, um, I wanted to be a, a basketball player, um, but I loved Eddie Murphy. And then when I stopped doing, uh, when my, my hoop dreams uh, didn't uh, <laughs> come to fruition, yeah. <laughs> I, um, uh, you know, thought, let me let me start doing comedy because I'd always had, you know, things to say and, you know, been sort of mouthy. And uh, I started doing comedy and then that got me into acting and the acting came very, very very um, naturally and organically, and it, it was like um, it's, it's hard. And as much as I practiced basketball, like when I, and even as much as I was enjoying doing comedy, when I started acting, I was like, "This is what I'm going to do." Like I knew immediately that that's what I wanted to do. And um, but I used to uh, go to the Improv in Los Angeles and be around, you know, comedy and stuff like that. When I was a teenager, I'd go visit my sister. But it never really crossed my mind until uh, I was 19. Okay. You still it, play, like, men's league basketball or anything like that? Pick up nah, games? I'm no, I'm retired. You're I'm retired. retired. I'm okay. retired. I should have never retired because, you know, when you get to a certain age and you stop playing, like... It doesn't come back. Yeah. Like it goes away, and it goes away uh, rapidly. We were talking rapid about that, like the yips, and and you know well, the yips, the the, the knees, uh, yeah. the, the, the toes, yeah. uh, the yeah. elbows. Like they, everything starts to hurt uh, quickly. My parish, my kids' school. The every year they do this March Madness tournament, where the parents of the students play in a tournament, and and every single year somebody. At least one person has a significant injury. Sure. I'm talking torn ACL, ruptured Achilles. Like, you know, no. like it happens every single year. Uh, 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 that's <laughs> not not what I want to happen to me. I, the reason why I actually stopped playing is because I played in a celebrity all star game. You know, one of these celebrity all star yeah. games, and I broke my big toe and <laughs> tore my meniscus oh. in one game. And this is like in about twelve minutes of work. Oh my god. <laughs> So that that put me on the the IR, and then I just never came back. Talking about your acting, I loved Atypical. That Thank was you. such a great series. I loved you <clears throat> in it. I loved the whole concept. It was so unique. Um, Thank you. And I thought they did a good job. Of ra- I wish there was another season, but yeah, uh, it was a good, you, you guys did a good job wrapping it up. Thank you. We we had fun doing that. Got to work with uh, the great Jennifer Jason Lee, who oh. I've always been a fan of. Amazing. Uh, b- before I started acting, I was a fan of hers from everything to Fast 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 Times at Ridgemont High to rush and 
you know, uh, the you know the hateful eight, and and to be able to work with her on Atypical was awesome, and and uh, I, the, the the movie really re- um, the show really resonated with people. And if you've never seen it, it's on um, Netflix. It's four seasons. A really really beautiful show, and and the the fans really um, took to it. So I was proud of it. I, the girl that played Casey, yep. I, she was so funny. Yeah, I loved really her. good, really good. The kids were really good. Hmm. You mentioned uh, hateful eight, and um, I think True Romance maybe flies under the radar for some people. It's yeah. one of Tarantino's first movies. He didn't direct it, but he did write it. Yeah. Tony, Tony Scott, Scott, Scott directed yeah. yeah, Tony Scott directed it. Um, what was your experience like? Because I was young, you know, you were young. It was early in your career as well. You know, doing True, True Romance um, was a very, very exciting thing to be a part of. This script, you know, th- th- this is a time where, um, you know, you didn't, there was no email, so you, you'd physically get the script and hmm. You know, everybody in town, everybody in Hollywood, every all the actors, all, all different ages was like, did you read the script? Did you read the script? And I remember reading it for the first time, and I had actually auditioned for a couple of other parts, and um, you started to hear about the cast coming together, and there was so much excitement on Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Post Reservoir Dogs um, and uh, Natural Born Killers was being shot at the time. So to to get cast in, in that film was 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 really cool, and to be on the set and and uh, you know be with actors that I had you know grown up watching, and then new actors like the great James Gandolfini. That was his first yeah. film, and wow! So it was it was very very exciting to, to be a part of it, and, and uh, you know it's a film that you know really uh, lasts the, the the test of time, and, and you know people as much as fun people have had watching it over the years. I had just as much fun being a part of it. So that movie came out in 93 and Casey and I were That's freshmen. crazy. I know, right? Yeah. It's 30 years ago. Casey 93 it came out? Yeah. yeah. Casey and I were freshmen That's in college. And, and what I remember most Jeez. about that movie, other than how much I loved it, was it was a word of mouth movie. Because yeah. I don't think it did great in the theaters. No. But then people started getting it. It was it was a VHS movie. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden it started going around <laughs> the college campus. And everybody turned a honey bear into a bong. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And we actually used to quote you all the time because in in that movie, you kind of play a goofy character. Yep, yep. And my buddy Ed and I, we go, Clarence, you getting mad? Ah. <laughs> I didn't lose in 93, huh? Yeah. That's, man, that's that's crazy. That's, you know, I mean, that's 30, 30 years ago. And, like, you know, I'm looking at Chris Penn and Tom Sizemore. They they passed. And Tony Scott passed. God, and, yeah. and Dennis Hopper passed. and That's horrible, man. You know, and just, you know, as a kid. I mean, I was a kid. So it was just a very, I, I didn't. I did not take that experience for granted. I, you know, I took some photographs on that set. I wish I had taken more photographs. Huh. I have some Polaroids and some, I had these one of these uh, um, uh, disposable cameras. But I, I definitely didn't take that experience for granted. You've had a number of really stellar like ensemble. Uh, Copland for one is another yeah. one where I'm like, uh-huh. I look at that. That was on the other the day. I was watching. Like, Jesus Christ, this cast is amazing. Yeah. And it's also, I think, the first time. I mean, obviously, we knew Stallone's capability with Rocky, but playing a Completely atypical character, but what was what was like working on that set? We Same were, thing. Were heavy hitters, just so excited. I mean, and you know, I mean, I, I know, I know, I must have talked about this the last time I was here. Like, you know, Philadelphia will always be associated to me with Doctor J, yeah. And Rocky, mm-hmm. and and uh, you know, I grew up. That was my first movie that I fell in love with, and you know, I didn't want to be an actor. I wanted to be Rocky, and to be working. 
with him and to be working with uh, Robert De Niro and Sylvester Stallone and Harvey Keitel and uh, uh, the late, great Ray Liotta. Again, I was not taking any of it for granted. I had a ball. I was excited. I was pumped. I was uh, elated and uh, proud to just be be around it. I mean, I was, I'm a fan, you know, yeah. I'm a fan first and, and I've always kept that part of me um uh, uh, alive and 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 um it's just what i lead with is is being a fan Sam, when, I'm, sorry Patrick, i'm sorry but when you're around those those legendary people at the time and you were a younger actor then yeah. is it um is it hard not to and i'm not saying fanboy but just try to insert yourself and try to become <laughs> buds with those people you well, know i don't I mean? try to become buds but you know as far as the fan stuff, Stallone gave me everything I wanted. Ah. Every single anecdote, every <laughs> single question. I love that. We were doing line for line uh, uh, from every Rocky movie. Uh, really? Oh, nice. Yeah, and he would do his lines. I would do Mickey lines. I would do his lines. He would do Paulie lines. Like He was down for it. Uh, so that was cool. You know, De Niro's a little bit more shy and very quiet. De Niro's very quiet, but he's cool, too. But, you know, I, yeah, you know, yeah, you, you, you have to leave uh, your excitement in the trailer. And when you get on the set, you know, they're not there to be interviewed and stuff like that. But if you could get, you know, some stuff, you get some stuff. But, you know, the first and foremost is to take care of uh, the task uh, at hand, which was the film Copland. Well, you're, you're, you're a damn good actor. And, and uh, there, there are a lot of scenes that you are, are just pivotal in, in making great. But <clears throat> you talk about Rocky and we, you know, we've had Carl Weathers in here. We've had uh-huh. John G. Alvinson, you know, the director. Of course. Uh, and uh, it, it, it holds that. that Have you not had Stallone yet? No. We talked to him on the phone. phone. We, we've never we've had him Never in had And yeah. I'm like, you got to get to Frank Stallone in the air. Yeah, Frank's Frank been by a few times. And Frank Stallone. Frank, yeah. Frank wants to come all the time. <laughs> yes, he does. Yeah. <laughs> and he wants to stay. He doesn't leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Frank's got stuff to sell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Take it back. Yeah. <laughs> Take it back. <laughs> I mean, my, my, yeah, my, my, my Rocky, like, is, it's, it's, I mean, I, I, you know, I know you guys are from here, but like when I'm in the city and I see like, like it's, it's just part of my DNA. Yeah. That scene, we talk about it all the time. Burgess and Meredith, you know, you know, Mickey showing up. What about my prime, Mick? Exactly. Yeah. It's the best. Exactly. Mick, you had a prime. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's they work and nothing. I could do though. I mean, it's, that's my, like, that's my, that's my movie. Let me ask you if you agree, because Preston and I are very, uh, have very definitive take on the series. I think the one that comes closest is Rocky Balboa to the original Rocky. Have you Loved seen that? that movie? Well, of course I've seen it. <laughs> yeah. I gotta be honest. I, I, I gotta be honest. Yeah. I did not love Rocky Balboa. Really? Why not? Just, you know, there's just a few reasons that I didn't love it. You know, I, I was... I mean, I was gutted that Adrian passed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, um, I, I, I don't want to criticize it because it, it, I just didn't love it. Okay. I, I know a lot of people are, are, are staunch, you know, Rocky Balboa fans. Um, I'll, I'm going to rewatch it. I'm going to rewatch it again. I'm yeah. going to rewatch it again. Um, you know, there was moments in Creed, the first Creed. Great. There, there yeah. was some stuff. Uh, um, you know, I mean, I think that character... And the way he plays the character, it just resonates. There's just some magical thing that he's able to articulate, particularly, uh, I know Kathy's probably like, this is like guy talk. (laughs) But there's just something about the way he presents that character that 
we relate to. Yeah. And and I don't know, it's like a magic sauce. Yeah. Um, uh, um, but I mean, I mean, Rocky one, Rocky two, Rocky three. I, I mean, you know, Rocky four. Uh, uh, you know, even Not Rocky even, five, Rocky five. I though, like no. Rocky five, but I was also. I, see, child. I didn't mind Rock, Rocky five. Yeah, you know the flashbacks with 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 Mickey. Uh-huh. Get up, you son of a bee, because Mickey loves you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is. Come on, man. Yeah, you know Tommy Guns. Yeah. <laughs> Paulie. I mean, so you know, uh, there's always something. There's always something. What about Friends? Did you watch that? <laughs> Of course. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Of course, I, I watch Friends, and I'm happy to have been a part of Friends. That was fun. Uh, uh, How many episodes did you do? I think it was like four, four yeah. episodes Your of that show. Phoebe's yeah. boyfriend, and then did that end with you shooting the bird? That ended with me shooting the bird. Ended with a bad choice. I could have, I could have been married to Phoebe. We could have went off in the sunset. By the way, if you're just tuning in, Michael Rappaport's here. He's going to be at uh, Helium Comedy Club uh, tonight and tomorrow, 7.30, 10 p.m. By the way, both 7.30 shows and tomorrow's 10 p.m. Show are sold out. Okay, okay. Tickets are available for the 10 p.m. Come to the 10 p.m. show tonight and Friday night. Um, you were in Only Murders in the Building, yes, as well. And I, I have not. I got to go back to it. It's a good show. It is a great show. Fun. And you, you were a wonderful d bag. Yes, I love doing that part. I love doing that show with those dudes. And you, you're by play with Selena Gomez. Terrific. I had a ball. Yeah, yeah. It was so much fun. The character was so creepy and just. Nasty and, and, and funny and 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 you know again you know working with uh, Steve Martin and Martin Short and you know when when I just you know like when they show up on set you're like. Yo, the, the, these dudes yeah. are my dudes. You yeah, know? like yeah. Steve Martin. Yeah. Like you know, like I felt like a, a kid at first because I'm just like. You know, I didn't think I would be so sort of taken back by him, but like, you know, him throughout the years and particularly, you know, when I was seven or eight on Saturday Night Live and, yeah. you know, uh, uh, the, you know, the wild and crazy guy and the jerk and, right. and, and all his films. And he still looks like he's always had the gray hair. So he walks in the room. And it's like, yo, there's yeah. Steve. He's got the glasses. He's got the nose. And, you know, you're I'm like, this is crazy. So. You 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 know I want to give it to him. I want to give it to him. And you know I was making them laugh. You know the first scene we shot, and you know like I had fun doing that. I had fun doing that part. You know it's great, wow. and it's something that we always say. It's sad, and you said it earlier on. You're you're a fan. You love the movies. You love this stuff, and you don't lose that. It's it's sad when you see someone who's in the business. You know was excited by the business. That's why they got in it, acting or whatever. Yeah. Stand, and they they lose. They lose it and they don't like it anymore. And, and you know, it, it's sad when that. But you, you've never lost that. You've always, you've always kept. You, you're, 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 you're split. You're the spectator. You're the movie goer, yeah. the TV watcher, and you're the actor. Yeah, I, 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 I'm always a fan, and and I'm fortunate. You know, you get frustrated with the business aspect of sure. it. Sure. You, you, you get to know the minutia of the of the business, but the doing and the being around it and the the excitement I, I get. From watching other actors, from watching other shows, from watching other films, that that's still uh, uh, you know um, very much a part of, of what gets me off, um, uh, what excites me, and what inspires me. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I love it. I, I, I do love it. I, I do love it, and I'm very very fortunate to have had the opportunities that I have. And you know, and 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 you know, I, I like I said, you know, when I think back to the stuff I've done, I do not take it. I didn't take it for granted. I, Excellent. I, I'm glad I did. 
there. I wish I wish I had more cameras. You know, there's stuff. <laughs> not, but you know, some things some things don't need to be photographed. I you agree. Know, the memories um, and 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 uh, are, are are good. You know, uh, you know, like we're so accustomed to shooting pictures of every every we're, single uh, thing uh, now. Yeah, we're I probably would have got kicked off the set of True Romance of Copland if I had it. I would be like, what are you, like, what, are you right? what are you doing here? Leave us alone. Yeah, like yo, you're not. We're not taking selfie number seventy four. <laughs> Today with Stallone is is part of the fun of that gig um, that it's it's different every time. Is that there's there's a, okay new project here we go something fresh. You know what I mean? It, it, it's new project. It's new people. It's the elation that I still get between action and cut. It's the elation of of performance. You know, you guys say you know in the beginning we were talking about um, you know cursing and not cursing, yeah. but you know there the, you guys do this every day. But you know, on your sickest sick day, sick day or your most tired tired day, when when there's something about being on live radio, yeah. live TV, um, you know, between action and cut as as an actor, like there's that's what we get off on. Nice. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, absolutely. That's, absolutely. That is what we get off on. That is the feeling that we thrive on. I don't care if it's radio. I don't care if it's uh, uh, you know doing a guest on a sports show. I don't care if it's acting with with the people we've mentioned. That I still get elation from performing from a, a live audience. You know, this weekend in Philadelphia, last night. There's nothing. Just just that's what we do. That is just what yeah. we get. We don't get fearful of it. We might get excited. Uh, there might be a little buzz of, uh, 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 you know, positive nervousness. But we, me, I get off on that. So I didn't realize that you were a child of radio people. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, well, it, it, it's a little, uh, I got to fix that Wikipedia. My father, the general manager of a radio station in New York City. Which one? Called WKTU. It was originally WKTU Mellow 92. Okay. And uh, this is 1978, 79. And then they switched from um, Mellow Rock to Disco. I remember the station because I'm from New York. And yeah. That, that was a, that was, they were a popular station. They went from Very the bottom of the top. To and the it was top, the first yeah. station in the city that played disco, for better or for worse. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, but, you know, like I would go to, you know, I'd wind up at, you know, going to uh, his job and... You know the DJ booth was it. It felt a lot smaller than this, and you know the the DJs were like, "Don't don't come," because I was nuts. I was crazy. I was a kid, and right. you know they were physically putting the needle on the actual record, and if it skipped, it skipped. Uh, if it got bumped, it got bumped, and and you know then I would you know go into the record room, and there was this like you know room. It it it, it didn't feel that big, but it was just walls and walls of records. And uh, um, did you feel it was magical? Oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. you know and he you know you bring home the records, you know yeah. and uh, uh, you know you. I I would take care of them because, you know, you didn't want them to scratch. And my, and because, uh, uh, you know, you, you, there wasn't like you could get another copy. Like, that right. was it. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, you're yeah. just his, listening to whatever it was over and over and over and over. True, yeah. Wow. Uh, you know, it's it's great because um, there 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 is that sense of magic when you first and when you get behind a microphone. You, so you got in early years ago on the podcast. Yeah, you've been doing this for for quite a while. That obviously is something that speaks to you. That you enjoy. I love it. And you've been working the stand up comedy as well because yes. it's not something that you just presuppose. Okay, I got this. You, no, you've worked not. it for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, the podcasting. I I got in before podcasts. 
you know, uh, 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 became like MySpace pages. Everybody <laughs> yes. and everything is podcasted. Uh, but I love doing it. It's fun. It's the I Am Rap Report Stereo Podcast. And, and the the thing that I, I, I love about uh, the podcast is that, you know, it's... it's um, you know, you're the actor, you're the performer, you do the, the, the sound, you do the editing, uh, uh, you, you're, you're producing, uh, um, so I, I enjoy that. And, and, and similar with stand-up comedy, you know, as much as I love acting, you, you always have to defer um, um, some things you might think are great and, and they'll get cut out and right. stuff like that. So, you know, like, you know, be, stand-up comedy and, and being um, in front of a live audience, the immediacy of that is is like no no other you know just the 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 vibe you get from the audience albeit good bad uh uh you know uh, uh just the feeling in a club and uh it's just a totally different uh kind of thing and, yeah, and yeah. i just enjoy it and and particularly you know this is the third time i'm performing at helium you know the philadelphia crowds are just they're just I love them because they participate. They're 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 sophisticated, but they're blue collar. They yeah. they 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 they're no nonsense. I I love performing at that club. We get Excellent. that all the time. Yeah, and you're gonna you're gonna do great. You're gonna have a great weekend. By the way, I wanted to ask you before we, we and we have to wrap. But I, I thought I heard you mention uh, or, or pronounce the T in Rappaport. Is that silent or not? No, I'm not French. Some people they go Rappaport. And I'm like, there's a T there for a reason. Okay, all right. Um, all right. And, and I don't know if you pronounce it or not, but yeah, it's definitely Rappaport. Um, all right. Right. Uh, uh, I, I don't know what the port was. I don't know if that was an actual port or if there was boats coming in or coming out. Which but, is, uh, but, but it uh, is a port. Th- there is a port there. Okay. Uh, uh, but I, yeah, it, yes, yes, yes. All right, excellent. Well, Some people dude. go poor, poorie. I don't know why, but well, it was great to see you. Thanks. For I coming appreciate by you guys always having it. me. I Absolutely. appreciate the support. I, I, I really uh, do. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I'm glad you guys had me on again. Yeah. And uh, we'll we'll try for let's uh, go. Let's go. Quest on the way out. Let's for go. You. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Rappaport. Thank you, guys. On the show, Helium Comedy Club tonight. One show left. It's 10 o'clock show. Get those tickets. We're going to take a break. We'll come back in a second. We got your concert cash word on the way. Stay with us. Looking for fun things to do this weekend? Pierre Robert's weekend calendar has you covered. Shows in town, movies to see, exhibits and specials around the Delaware Valley. Just use keyword weekend calendar at WMMR.com to get the list. Preston and Steve. Their name is their address. On on the web. PrestonandSteve.com. Football's back, and this Eagle season, there are huge prizes to be won at Acme. Enter Acme Swoopin' and Win Sweepstakes, and you could win up to $10,000 cash for 2024 Eagles season tickets. And all you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at acmeswoopinandwingame.com. Acme makes sure Eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in and discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Hi, I'm Steven Singer. Yep, that's me, the I Hate Steven Singer guy. Why do other jewelers hate me? I'm a nice guy. Because other jewelers just want to throw up when you ask, can I trade in my old diamond studs? Why? I guess it's because they're in the business of selling. I'm in the love business. I love to see my friends come back and trade in their old diamond studs. It's true. You can start with any size and upgrade them for a bigger pair anytime you want. Get exactly what you paid. Not only do other jewelers not want you to trade in your diamond studs, but even if they do, they don't give you back what you paid. Why are their diamonds worth less? Oops. Come see me, the real Steven Singer, a real jeweler, whose diamonds are always worth what you pay. Visit me at the other corner of 8th and Walnut. 
by phone, 888-I-HATE-STEVEN-SINGER. Online, IHateStevenSinger.com. Oh, by the way, these stunning Anita diamond stud earrings are always 100% eye flawless, near colorless, brilliant cut diamonds, magnificent and bright white, topped off with my 14 karat safety silicone backs. IHateStevenSinger.com. One place, one price. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. You may want to consider this list. It's got the 28 places of that women would l- refuse to go to on a first date. Number 28, the final one, sports events. Sports events. Yeah, mm. which I found kind of interesting. I, it, it's weird when they gather data like this because a sporting event to me would seem, uh, you know, especially like a baseball game or something. But I guess since this ranks low on the list, maybe yeah. that's a good thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't know. that that Because number 27 then is Waffle House. <laughs> Uh, that I can oh. agree with. Well, waffles are good. Yeah, yeah but as a date? Right. That's probably doesn't matter. I need to know something about you. Yeah. Are you a waffle? Woman? I guess it depends. As, as the person who is acting, asks the, the other person out on the date and is making the arrangements, it depends on what kind of a tone you're trying to set. Because Waffle House might be kind of a jokey, you know what I mean? Yeah. It also might be legitimate. I don't know. I but- think here's your approach to the Waffle House. Do you see every little square in that waffle? You're the butter. I want to fill those. <laughs> like seducer that way. But I mean, instead of uh, trying to wow this person and overdo it, you right. instead go to waffles. Waffle or, right. you know, like rather than you're trying saying it's, to, it's, it's kitschy, right? Uh, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. But in tra- instead of trying to pretend that you're something that you're not, you know, like why take somebody to the most fanciest, expensive restaurant ever? <laughs> When that's not you. And when that's not you. Yeah. How about this case? Yeah. You, you you rent a limo and you <laughs> yeah. take them to Golden Corral. Yeah. That. There you go. You have the <laughs> dichotomy right. of the two. Right. So whatever that aspect is. So it, what I can't figure out is, I, I guess the uh, this, this goes one through 28, and I guess one is the ickiest place that okay. people wouldn't. Is that, is that how you would take that's it? That's how in? I read it, yeah. Yeah, you're the one who sent this to me. So why don't we start with number one? Then? All right, number one, what the I, people consider the ickiest place. I went to the bottom with sports events, All right. and now we'll go to the top. And number one on this list of places that women will refuse to go on a first date. This is women saying So this mm-hmm. is the ickiest? This is the ickiest. Okay, according, all right. this. according to this list from women. All right. Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> yeah. And what's weird about this list is the, the first, I think, top five or six are, are very specific. And then... They get vague? And then yes. they get vague, like yes. a sporting event. So you know? why like, does Cheesecake Factory earn the ire of so many women? I don't know. Now, uh, the, I don't know. Is it because it's usually associated with gluttony? Maybe, or it's a, uh, you know, it's you a wait chain. an hour and a half. Yeah, you have to wait. You have I to have that know. little globe, that medallion that goes off when your table's ready. <laughs> I guess. I don't really know. Well, number two. I have never eaten at a Cheesecake Factory, though I've had Cheesecake Factory food. That's so funny. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number two on this list is, uh, and I'll. I'll concur with this. Applebee's. Yes. <laughs> your favorite. Yeah. Hey, my favorite. I, um, I'm not here for the Applebee's slander. I, I, listen, I'm not saying that it's it, that it's Laurel uh, or, you know, Zahav or anything like that, but I've never had a bad time at Applebee's. Okay. You know why? Yeah. Because it's uh, feeling good in the neighborhood. Yeah. 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 Uh, Casey's a neighborhood kind of guy. I'm a neighborhood. And, he, and he's always feeling good, so those two things go together well. And don't they have Dollaritas there now? By the way, they, do they have, have Dollaritas, Dollaritas yeah. and they have what I consider top-level nachos and potato. Skins. Yeah. Uh, so Applebee's is number two. Number three is Chili's. 
again. Chili's <laughs> baby back river. Casey made us go to Chili's one time, remember? It wasn't bad. No, it wasn't. Is Chili's the one where they bring out the uh, fajitas? Yeah, it's a chain they bring out fajitas at a lot of places. We were just it's going a chain there restaurant. For... It's like the same yeah. thing as like TGI Fridays. Yes. Yeah. yeah. If you like that type of food and yeah. drink, like why would it? I, I don't know. It's in that. I feel like it depends on who you are. Yeah. If you like diarrhea. I think that's it, right. <laughs> it, it it does depend on who you are, exactly. All right, number four on the list is Chipotle. These are these, these are that's all not a date location. That's yeah, not no, a date that's location. fast food. Yeah. Right. Agreed. That's like taking someone in Wendy's. That's it's fast. Like, it's fast casual. It's a little right. notch yeah. up from Wendy's, but it's uh, but yeah, it's still it's not date. That's a lunch. Like that's a right. lunch date. It's like taking a date to a hot dog stand. Okay, so what if uh, what if it's just a second part of the date where the actual date itself is we're going to go for a nice little walk in nature and then let's go grab a quick little bite at uh, Chipotle. You close the deal at Chipotle. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. No. Mm-mm. What about Cadoba? Well, if you're going out on a nice little nature walk with your with Unless this new it's guy, lunch. if it's lunch, uh, and then after the the walk is over, Kathy, yeah, somebody said the guy says to you, uh, "Hey, you want to go grab a quick bite to eat?" And Chipotle's right there. I don't think so. No. All right. Yeah. If it's lunch, that literally lunch is yeah. my. Let's arrange succulents. It has to be a lunch date. Okay. All right, right, wait. Let me go to uh, Barbara. She wants to chime in real quick. Hi, Barbara. Good morning. Hey, how you guys doing? Good. What's up, Barb? Okay, so I had a blind date once that was at um, Bennigan's, which is uh, dating myself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it, it was set up by our hairdresser, a mutual hairdresser. Anyhow, the guy, you know, shows up. We meet there and everything. Um, I had to pay half the bill. And and he didn't even leave a tip. Like I had to leave the tip. That's not a date. So so the, no no the, 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 that was that's uh, that yeah. was a nightmare. Is what that was. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was. And then and then he called me back like a month later and wanted to know if I could go wanted to go out again. And I was like, no, I can't afford it. Uh. <laughs> you came out to places like Bennigan's. Uh-huh. What do you think? I made of money. Yeah. <laughs> and then it says here you had a second date. My a different one. First best first date was with uh, my husband. You know now, and we went to a hockey game like like you guys. Did. Look at that! Yeah, so right. the hockey game wins, and Bennigan's doesn't. Yep. Right. Exactly. Do you remember if you got the broccoli bites at Bennigan's? Or- <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Bennigan's used to be okay. Yeah. Oh, dude, the broccoli bites any- were amazing. No, so there was one there, there, that was I, on the way down the shore. We Because we talked about them uh, not that long ago. And there was one, it's just, it was right off of Route 55, somewhere near Vineland. I haven't seen them in years. It just closed. Really? It, yeah, it closed within the last what year. What about Ground I don't know. Ground rounds? I miss Ground rounds and Bennigan's sat at the same level for me. Uh, here's a text says, uh, talking about Cheesecake Factory, I proposed... To my ex-wife at Cheesecake Factory. Uh, see what happened there? See what happened there. Mm. All right, other ones on this list. Number five is uh, Olive Garden. Mm. And then we're going to get out of, of uh, the foods for a moment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because then you fall into number six, place that they would refuse to go for a first date, the movies. Oh, that was my first date. Okay. Yeah, Dinner because, and a movie. Because it's not really... A way to get to know somebody. You're yeah. sitting there quiet mm-hmm. next to each other. Yeah. Honestly, I, w- I really wanted to see Deadpool, and uh, and uh, Andrea was like, "Okay." And then so wait we a minute dinner afterwards. So you know, in the beginning of the movie, in in the dialogue, he goes, "I know what's happening here. Your boyfriend brought you to this movie uh-huh. and said yeah. it's a love story or something like that." <laughs> That's correct. Oh, that's funny. That yeah. must have been kind of very humorous. And somehow it worked. Um, so well, I you think, can do the I old think, popcorn trick too. I think dinner and a movie. 
that can work out well. That's a date, right? That's a date. Right. Listen, that just is just a movie is sitting in silence, and so I I, I think right. that that's not a good. I, I think if you pair the two, especially if you can. Now it doesn't usually work out this way, where you go the movie, or where you go the movie, and then the dinner, because yeah. after the movie, you can talk about the movie right. while you're at dinner. Right, but, right. You know, it's usually pretty late. You'd have to go to an early. I screen. agree. You have to do the combo. Just yeah. doing a movie, you're not. There's no room for conversation. Right. All right, number seven on this list, place that uh, women refuse to go to for a first date, your house. Yeah, that's a little weird. Right. Meaning their their house. Make dinner for somebody, bring them over. I guess so. All right. That's a little creepy. Not on the first date. Right. That's a little trap. uh, You know what I mean? I got to show you my cool lotion rig in the basement. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) You're going to love this. So if you're at the bottom of the pit, I can still lower lotion down to you. Uh, number eight on this list is any fast food chain. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's kind of a date. Like, it's yes. not a date. But that's kind of like a lot of the, the chain restaurants are on that list, too. So it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then you have on this one, uh, number nine, Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> well, yeah. that, they're more like the sports bar, are they not? They are. Right. Wings, period. Don't eat wings on a date. Yeah. <laughs> They're messy. Yeah. How do you like your wings? Yeah, you could be like a Pat Egan down the hall. He eats wings wearing rubber gloves. <laughs> I, I kid you not. He puts he has the box of latex gloves and he eats wings with them on. The hell is that? He's my, one of the weirdest kids I've ever met. My brother would not be married today if his wife saw him eat wings on a first date. Is he? Just, is it just gnarly? <laughs> it's like I, I don't even know what's happening sometimes. Yeah. It's like gnawing on roadkill. <laughs> but he doesn't. He doesn't uh, wipe his hands no. off until he until the very end. So. And he picks his he picks up his drink like this like, to take a sip like of flippers. water. Kathy, <laughs> showing you're picking up the cup with his wrist. Yeah, with his wrist, and he takes a sip of water and puts it down. He he thinks it's a waste if you you know clean in oh, between. Man. So he eats from from wow. start to finish. Will he put? The then whole, washes. Put the whole wing in his mouth and drag all the meat off with his teeth like that. Um, I've seen people do that. I've, you know what? I've done it. I, I don't think he. I don't think he does that. I don't know unless okay. they're they're a certain size. Maybe he can get the full thing in there. I don't. Wow. Know. I kind of appreciate the lack. He doesn't want to waste any of the wing sauce. <laughs> yes. I get that. Yeah, that speaks to me. Uh, then you have after after <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings, which is number nine. Then you have. Wingstop, number 10. Uh, so yeah. the wings. Yeah. Wings well, are not a hit on a first date. Wingstop is more of a, a takeout place. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. Buffalo and Wild Wings at least is You sit nice. down. You sit down. down. You, you lounge. Have a candle on the table. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, then you have Red Lobster. Do me a favor. Put this diamond ring in one of the wings. <laughs> going to propose <laughs> at Wingstop? Uh, Red Lobster is number 11. Then you have a buffet. A buffet. On, uh, as number well, Golden Corral. Twelve, so yeah, I yeah. Think that, you, that just speaks that you're you're kind of being cheap. Like, hey, let's go get all you can eat. Let me tell you what: <laughs> on a first date, get the main, and I'm going to throw in two apps. <laughs> so before you do unlimited bread pudding, before you ask someone on a date, should you, you know, let's say there's somebody you don't know very much about, uh, should you ask them and say, what would you like to do, I or think, do I th- you need to have the idea presented? I think, I think at least. Kathy, and you can answer this. And Marissa, I think I think a woman might appreciate someone who has kind of um, curated the evening and has something in mind, it, right? In other words, right? Somebody suggests a place rather than what would. What do you want to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. also, I mean, there. 
you get, you know, find out what they like. You know what I mean? Like, uh, how are like, you with wings? Yeah, they get <laughs> well, they show a little initiative. Steve. Yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. Now, I don't ever wipe the wing sauce off my hands. Is that going to be a problem? Uh, I'm going to go to. Hang on a second here. Let's go to Leela. Hi, Leela. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Long time listener, first time caller. Oh, welcome, Leela. What's up? What's up, guys? So I just wanted to say, uh, I'm in my first year of my current relationship. The first date that we went to was the Flyers game. All right. Okay. And it was the best game I ever been to besides the ones I went to with my dad. Oh, and how was it as, as a date? Were you guys able, you, you know, was it a magical evening or was it rate right the date, rate right the first date at the Flyers hockey game? Well, there were a couple of fights, so I think it was a pretty good date. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but see, that's the type of person. She's a right, Flyers fan. Right, She's yeah. a hockey fan. Yeah. So that works. Did you guys make sweet, sweet love at the end of the date? Oh, no, this was just the first date. Not yeah, it was the second one. I don't know. You're a hockey chick. <laughs> we got into a scrum. Yeah. Our, our next date was actually to the Cheesecake Factory. Oh, Jesus Christ. If you, you went to us, Buffalo but, but Wild Wing, you got the Troika. Yeah, when did you guys go to Buffalo Wild Wings? <laughs> uh, that, was, um, that was actually during one of the, uh, the games for... Uh, for the uh, Phillies last year when they were in the World Series. There you go. But listen, you're already in love at that point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. By then, I'll, yeah. I'll be in love All bets are off. Yeah. 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 Okay. And you're a year, you're a year into the relationship? Yeah, just about. Uh, we right. just took a date to Longwood Gardens recently. So See, that, Longwood See, Gardens would be a great first wait date. Wait a second. Is he on the lamb from you're, the... Uh, right, mm-hmm. yeah. Is he what? Nothing. Don't worry about it. All right. Thank you, Leela. Appreciate it. Uh, let me go next to Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Good morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's up, Aaron? Good morning. I, so funny you guys are talking about this. I actually just made plans for a first date this weekend, and we're going to On the Border, and I'm ecstatic about it. Oh, I love What's it What's On there. the Border? Mexican. It, yeah, it's, it's a Mexican place in uh, Bucks County. So we were talking, and I just had mentioned how much I like Mexican food and their queso <laughs> and how I would literally bathe in it. Yeah. And he suggested going on the border, and I'm like, hell yeah, so that's where we're going is next it, weekend. Is it the one on Route 1 north of uh, the Turnpike? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and in uh, Best uh, County, Bucksville. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, uh, the, ma- right the manager of that mall. store loves the President Steve, so drop our name. Maybe you'll get a discount on tequila. <laughs> oh, my God. I definitely, I definitely will. Yeah. Maybe it's because, uh, Kathy, I'm from Levittown, so maybe I'm just an easy girl to please. So <laughs> on the border is good for me. That's good for you. On the Listen. border is good for you. Don't, don't and say you're that. I, I love that place. That's our meeting place for when I get together with my salsa friends. That's where we go. They indeed have good salsa there. You know what? They no. We go. We usually go to eat prior to going to like a salsa party. Yeah. Okay. All right. So so and and the, the, do things seem promising, Aaron? Um, I we literally just talked for the first time yesterday. Okay. He seems like a nice guy. So we'll see what happens. But I'm excited for queso and margarita. <laughs> All right. Good go. Mexican meal. You're in. All right. All right. Thank you. I Hope it goes it. well. First date coming up on the border. All right, uh, going back to this list, after a buffet, uh, the places where women refuse to go for uh, a date, I'm going to do 13 and 14 because they're kind of back-to-back. So you have IHOP and Denny's. Yeah, that's yeah. not a good no. vacation. Not a date. Wait a location. second. This is an international house of pancakes. Yeah. You're really shouting Come on. it out. All right, Show about, a little culture. How about this? Who would do this? Uh, the gym. <laughs> 
<laughs> You'd have to be a moron. Yeah. Well, you, you, not unless, on a date to the gym. Not unless it's like a uh, like a CrossFit thing, and you're you're like CrossFit people or whatever. Yeah. Maybe, and you're like, you, but even still, but that even seems kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Could never see inviting someone. Sorry, I threw up there. I was pressing too much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How about this? Number sixteen on the list. Church. Church. Yeah. Yeah, you, 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 good girl church, there. Yeah. library, church, good girl there. Yeah, it was very good. I mean, oh I'm Jewish, God. but it was very good. <laughs> Thank you. Now, if you met at church, right, maybe. sister? What are you doing this Friday? Yeah. <laughs> I love this. This habit is you look gorgeous. great, black. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what order are you from? <laughs> I'm from the Wild Wings order. Yeah. Uh, so, church, yeah, I can't ever imagine someone. But, I mean, if you are uber religious, maybe that the person asking the person out on the date, that's kind of a... Nothing wrong with a, that. A requirement yes. uh, that they want. So That I, I, and how many jumping jacks can you do? I don't really know. Uh, hang on, some people, lots of people calling in. I will go to Brian next. Hey, Brian, good morning. Hey, how's it going? Good. What's up, Brian? It's Dick Slimmons. I'm sorry. Oh, it's Dick Slimmons. Hey, buddy. Oh, Dick Slimmons. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, he a sexy Chewbacca. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up, bud? <laughs> hey, how's it going? Good. What'd you want to tell us? Uh, I'm a bit of a conspiracy theory uh, prepper guy, so I take first dates to the shooting range. Just to see if they can <laughs> there you go. Oh, my and then you're a conspiracy okay. conspiracy, <laughs> conspiracy theorist, a prepper guy. And, and then afterwards, do you go down to your subterranean lair? Well, it seems to be working for you, Bri, because you said you take your dates. Yeah, how many first dates? <laughs> how many have you first dates? You take to the shooting range. One, and, and I only need it once. I'll, t- I'll okay. tell you this, Brian. I, I, there are a number of people of across the spectrum. Yeah, have said that going to a range, going to you know, can be fun. So as a first date, yeah. And do they? Rachel Maddow of all people went on a first date to, so, to a shooting range. Um, so so, um, what's the reaction when you suggest this? Uh, I usually go within people of my wheelhouse and beliefs, so they're usually all about it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you're okay. trying to date and go out with somebody who's like minded anyway. So. Right. So that if yeah, that's, that's a that's test right, yeah. to find out, yeah. Uh, then maybe two so. things. Are you into wings and guns? <laughs> yeah. uh, my my Thanks, friend opened up a, uh, I, I would call it like a boutique type of uh, boutique uh, quay, uh, a boutique quay, <laughs> shooting range in Malvern. Yes, maybe, you know, there's the, one. There's one that's opening up on the main line. Okay, yeah, yeah this one is. It, I, it's already open. It's near like like what is that like thirty and one hundred or whatever. It's it's near there. But cases, like, it kind of seem like like. Like Top Golf for that same sort of presentation, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, they look pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I, I would like to uh, to check it out. Maybe uh, we'll do a uh, mixer at the shooting range. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another uh, couple of items on the list or places on the list. Number seventeen, it says specifically Starbucks. They would refuse to go, and then, Starbucks then is- right after that, it says coffee dates. I always thought that is a nice, I, yeah. safe. I, I agree, one hundred percent. Gathering to Kathy's point, a midday yep. going out for coffee. Mm-hmm. You, 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 you get the woman, you let her out of the trunk of the place, and no, you uh. you go out for a nice cup of coffee. In fact, there's there's a, a company that is um, just a date, just coffee or whatever. You know, right. right? What you remember that they used to advertise? I yeah, I know what you're saying. Right. It's, so it, it's a like coffee a, date. That, yeah. To me, that's an easy way to go on a date. And there's low expectation. Well, and when you, but no, when you don't know, you know, you're not, you're unsure of the person. That can be a quick date. You know, it can be an hour, and then that's it. As opposed to if you're going out to dinner and it's an all night thing, you can feel safe. 
That coffee was great. Where's Absolutely. my handy? There's my handy. Uh, let me go to, I, I always like this idea of a first date. We'll go to Ryan. Hey, Ryan, good morning. Hey, I think I dialed the wrong number. Is this the number for Lobster Man? Yeah, Lobster, <laughs> lobster Man. man. <laughs> I don't know. He's got a transition into him officially. So. Uh, Ryan, what was the, the first date you did? Uh, we went out and we played mini golf and had a great time. Still uh, married many moons later now. Married many moons later. So, yeah, b- b- putt-putt golf, mini golf, I think that's a perfect first date. I agree. Yeah, yeah something active but not too serious. Active. Not serious where, where you're going to be sweating your ass off. And, and there are pauses yeah. to talk. I like the idea of, like, bowling or even, like, uh, like karate. Not karate. What's this? Uh, axe throwing or, you know, yeah. what are these types of, uh, or an escape room. Jousting. Um, yeah, bowling made it on this list. I okay. know. Uh, but but I I know what you're saying. It's an activity. It's a leisure activity. It's not hard. Plus they can they'll be so impressed with how awesome I am at bowling. They'll be like, oh my god, you make it curve. And I'll be like, yeah, I do. <laughs> I'll make you curve. Just, yeah. just like my pee pee. Yeah. And they're thinking he must spend a lot of time here. I want to be with that guy. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know. Hey, my fingers are clean. I got my own ball. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about later tonight. This is my own ball. My fingers are clean. Yeah. They haven't touched any other holes where other people's <laughs> fingers have been. Uh, let's see. We have, uh, hang on a second, a lot of good, interesting calls here. Let me go to Nicole here. Hi, Nicole. Morning. Sorry to bother you guys at work. Oh, now, okay. We want to hear about it. Nicole, what's up? Um, so I actually met my, uh, husband. He is actually my husband now, um, overseas when I was living in the Middle East in, um, the United Arab Emirates. And, and what was your first, your first date? Our first date was, um, we went to a, it was like the anniversary of the country. So we went to uh, a light show and then we went to a tea coffee house. Their big thing over there is coffee houses. What's a light show? Uh, I don't know. It was like a light show that was projected onto a castle. It, oh. was, it was for their their country's... Uh, yeah. So that's kind of unique. Kind of yeah. yeah, that's their I version had, of um, Buffalo Wild Wings. I had, I, had <laughs> I had my girlfriend with me. We had only moved there for... We'd only been there for about two months. You and, and your, your girlfriend as as a friend or you as guys... Friend, were, as a friend. Okay. No, okay. yeah, no, not, not girlfriend, girlfriend. Okay. Yeah, she actually ended up ma- uh, marrying us. Um, oh, that's nice. She came on the first date because I was like, I'm going out with this yeah. guy. Oh, I wouldn't yet. Yeah. I mean, that was a hell of a light show. <laughs> keep you coming back, you know? Jesus, oh, my God. No, no, no. And then, in the process of the date, he was asking questions, which was good, and uh, he asked what I what I really like to do. I said, I love, I love hockey. I love hockey games. There you he go. He found a, a, his friend played on the ice hockey team, which they had one apparently, obviously, um, in the middle of the desert, uh, he took me to the one stadium in the town where we were living. We've got to play quickly. To, and took me to an ice hockey practice. That's awesome. Knew, and then he took me out for hot dogs afterwards. That's so that's very good. Thoughtful, very thoughtful. He knew you liked hockey but, and he found the one and only know, hockey game yeah. going on in the entire city. The one thing with the date, the though, is, is that it, it, it has country. the entire country. Yeah, It has sort of yeah. a bachelorette sort of feel to it. You're in an exotic place to begin with. So it's right. it's not like you're starting at the Golden Corral. You know, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. No. All right. Thank you, Nicole. That's a nice story. I appreciate that. All right. Other items on this list. This is a, a list that uh, kind of went viral the past week or so. It's uh, places that women refuse to go to. Yes. The first date. I'm, I'm hearing a lot of women though say that these some of these places are absolutely fine. Here's one: family functions. 
Yeah, you don't oh, do yeah, that. No, yeah. no, no, no. As a first date. No. Mm-hmm. Do not. Never, ever do that. My brother's getting divorced. Do you want to go? Yeah. Uh, then you have uh, movie night, meaning uh, Netflix, Hulu, etc., sitting around at someone's house watching a movie. It's, it's a, it can be good, but it's it's a lack of creativity. Uh, you, know, you can make it special. Here's another one. Somewhere that requires a long drive. Yeah. Would Alaska. Not, would not want to. <laughs> you know you can drive there? <laughs> no, you can't. Listen, I'm going to prove this to you. You can drive to Alaska. Yeah. Pack a bag. Uh, so a long drive, uh, that makes total sense. Let's uh, drive someplace. If the wedding, if the yeah. not the wedding, if the if the date goes bad, you got a long drive back. Let's and go that to Little Rock. Sucks. Yeah. All right. Then you have uh, bowling. Mention that bowling. I think can. I, I think uh, is a, is a suitable first date. I think probably miniature golf is better because it's a little bit more chill. Remember, this is lower on the list, yeah. so uh, it, I, I think people will probably agree with you. Uh, number 24 says nightclubs. Number 25 says a hookah bar. A hookah bar. Uh, right? One of the cigar a, lounge. As a first date, yeah. yeah. That would be a great first kiss right after getting done sucking down three cigars. Yeah. Uh, then How you about have a bathhouse? A, a bar just for drinks is number 26. Oh, I think that's good. Uh, yeah, right? Listen, I know a great brothel in town. Well, this is near the bottom, so maybe, yeah. it, maybe it is a good idea. Bar just for drinks, then you have Waffle House, as we said, and sports events. Are there a lot of hookah places around anymore? Do they go... I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't really during see. COVID, you were not... Yeah. not a lot of hookah places yeah. made, it, made it through. Let's yeah. communally yeah. suck on something. Uh, what I think would be perfect for golfers, I think a round of golf as a first date would be a good one. Do you, you think so? Oh, yeah. That's too long. Well, well it's, like it's too long. If you play hours. the game, if yeah. you play the game, I think it'd be okay. Top golf is would be a great there one. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Oh, there. That's yeah. for the neophyte, right? And yeah. There's a, uh, for anybody. Steve, there's a hookah bar right in Maniunk. Really? Yeah, it's ah. called Vira or, v- or Vira, V-I-R-A. Oh, yeah. I think that's also a... Is that a dispensary as well? I don't know, but uh, yeah, Top Golf is fantastic. It's a really good time. Uh, let me see here. I will go to uh, talking about first dates, ideal or the worst ideas. We have Tracy. Hi, Tracy. Good morning. Good morning, it. Good morning to see you, Tracy. What's up? Um, so my husband and I, our first date was ice skating, and um, I fell on my butt, so that was good. So I embarrassed All right. myself. Hold on. Before you go on, Tracy, did you yeah. know you were going ice skating? Yes, but I got lost going to ice skating. Oh my! God. Well, that's another story. But had you ever? Are, are you any good at it? I'm not bad at it, but I told I told okay. him I was pretty good. Oh, okay. Right, so, so, you, so, so you're on board. Yeah, then. Okay. All right, that's what I was checking with because if you're you terrified of it, then you'd have to wave that off. Yeah, you can't whip yeah, that on I someone. I really think first dates depend on the girl and how much they know know the girl before they take them out. Did you guys hold hands and uh, sing "Endless Love"? Huh. No, we did not. Huh. We did not do endless love. But that'd be awesome if we did. Yeah. But we're we're marrying there. Our third date was David Buster's. It was a blast. We had fun. I think it depends on the girl. On I think you're right. How much yeah. fun she can have. Right. And you, you you should be able to meet her that. I, I think that, that you have to do a little um, you know, a pre conversation before before you go out and find out if someone is not able to do something you're gonna take them to do. Yeah. And and that that would yeah. help. But I mean if you're if you're if you're if you can roll with Dave and Busters, you can roll pretty much with anything. Yeah. And then he saw me like down the wings at Dave and Buster's and he, <laughs> I guess fell in love with me then. Oh. My, my mother was the only one who ever ate a sandwich. Like, mm-hmm. All right, thanks, Tracy. Yeah, I want to go to that one, Casey. This is another uh call. We had mentioned on this list uh the worst place, one of the worst places to take a first date, the gym. Yeah. Casey went on a first date at a gym. <laughs> Hi, Casey. Good morning. 
Good morning. All right. So tell us about this date. Okay. So this guy I was talking to was a like instructor for MMA classes. Okay. We were trying to plan a date around one of his classes. He's like, well, I'll get out kind of late. We can go get like dinner after, but it'll be too late. He's like, or you can come to the class and then we'll go out and get food. So I was like, yeah, I work out. I can do that. Like, <laughs> like I lift weights. Like, I don't do any cardio at all. And this was like a cardio MMA class. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh my God. And so I get out there. During the warm-ups, uh, it started to, like, my vision started closing oh in. Oh, my God. And I was like, I think I'm going to go sit down. <laughs> when we sat there, I, like, fully blacked out sitting up for, like, maybe, like, 10 seconds. And I did, I was not well at all. I went in the bathroom. I was sweating profusely. Oh, my God. Good. And I just sat there. I had to sit there and watch him teach the rest of the class. Oh. It was so embarrassing. So you're you're sweating oh, no. like crazy. And then the, the, the idea was you were going to go out afterwards for dinner? Yeah, so I had a change of clothes. Like, there was a whole okay. shower in his gym. He's like, there's a shower, okay. you can shower afterwards, mm. whatever. I was like, I can do that, because I used to do that on my lunch break at work, you know what I mean? Work out. Right, right, right. Back to work. Did you guys and end up doing dinner? We did, yeah. I think we went and, and got tacos or something. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just like... <laughs> so, so did that did that blossom into anything, or was it just a one no, and done? definitely not, not at all. Okay. Not at all. <laughs> and was it, was it because... Was it partially because you were embarrassed about uh, fainting, or was it just like it wasn't going to work out? No, he was a weirdo. Oh, he, he was, was a weirdo. weirdo. You know okay. how you can tell? He invited you to the gym on yes! the first day. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, thank you, Casey. Thank Appreciate you. that. Um, man, uh, there's some really good ones here. Uh, hang, let me go to uh, Susan. Hi, Susan, good morning. Hi, good morning. How are you guys? Great. What's up, Susan? I wanted to tell you about my first date with my husband. He was active duty military, um, specifically explosive ordnance disposal. Okay. And for our first date, he took me to the demo range. We packed C4 and we blew some stuff up. <laughs> oh. You guys wow. blew up stuff with C4 on your first date. Uh, fire in the hole and everything. Okay. And been, uh, 17 years now. All right. Well, let, I, I, okay. I have a, a question. So many questions. How did he approach you with this? Had you already, and how did you guys know each other before this? So I worked on the base, um, and I saw him at a base function, turned to the athletic director and was like, oh, my God, I just saw the hottest guy ever. <laughs> um, and then flash forward a couple of weeks later, he shows up at my office and says, do you want to um, take some pictures for our for what we do? Uh, and I was like, sure, why not? And hopped in his vehicle. Out so went. So that was part of your job, uh, taking pictures? Um, sort of. We planned events first. Okay. We planned events for the base. Yeah. So. Right. It was anything he said, we, right. you would have gone along. So you were already in this world. Yeah. So this wasn't too outlandish right. to you. You know, let's go blow up some yeah. C4. Let's go to C4 City on yeah. City Line, pick up some <laughs> explosives and yeah. blow up a few cars. You were already there, but still. So, so, and with that suggestion, you went out and blew stuff up and you fell in love? Pretty, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All right. I mean, we did date for like four years before we got married. Was, it, was there a point when you said, fire in the hole? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, so we're going to keep this PG, but yeah. <laughs> so, yes, that phrase has been used in other places than on the range. <laughs> 
Keep it PG. All right, got it. Thank you, Susan. Appreciate it. Congratulations. That's, that's one of the most unique. Blowing up C4. I like that. That is pretty. I've always wanted to do that for Christy. All right, hang on. Let me go to Patrick. We're going to have to take a break here in just a second. Hi, Patrick. Uh, good morning to you. Hey, good morning to see you guys. Patrick. <laughs> All right, Patrick. Uh, what's uh, What was this first stage story? So, um, uh, my fiance, uh, who's my fiance now, she, her and I met on a uh, Bumble. It's a like dating app. And yes. Stuff. We, we kind of hit it off. And then, uh, I, I really want to meet her, but I was at, like, I, I had worked that week and I just like out of nowhere messaged her and was like, Hey, do you want to go somewhere You know, on my lunch break and, and meet each other? And, and I suggested Chili's and we got to Chili's and I saw her and I thought she was the most beautiful woman in the world. And I was like, uh-huh. I'm an idiot. What was I thinking? Doing a first date to Chili's. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> if you were able to do it over again, where would you have set up your first date? Uh, honestly, probably, uh, there's this place here in Chattanooga. It's, uh, it's, well, it's, it's P.F. Chang. P.F. Chang. Yes. Yeah. They have those here too. Yeah. Uh, believe yeah. it or not, Patrick, yeah. but yeah. And so, and yeah. so how did, how did things work out? Uh, yeah, uh, we, uh, I proposed to her, uh, last year at Blue Ridge Rock Festival. Oh, that's awesome. Next time there's a great Scottish on, place uh, called McDonald's. Yeah. You got to check that yeah, out. Yeah, we're, no. we're, we're getting married on May the 4th. Congratulations! Oh, wow. Yeah, big Star Wars fans? Yeah, um, yeah, we're both huge Star Wars fans. That's awesome. Glad it worked out. Well, be, the most beautiful woman in the world walked into the Chili's. And thanks for listening in Tennessee, buddy. We appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, All right, you. we'll see you, Patrick. Nice Patrick. guy. P.F. Janks. Yeah, stepping it up from... Uh, from Chili's. Right, Actually, so it would be a nod. Do you like, no, you like P.F. Chang's? I love P.F. Chang's. What is? It's oh, super it's... duper Americanized Asian food, but yeah. it's really good. Oh, the lettuce wraps are to oh, die. Saying. Um, the P.F. Chang's is the upper crusty version of Pei Wei, right? Yeah. Or Pei I Wei. believe so, it's yeah. Same company. I've never known how to pronounce it. Right. Pei Wei? Yeah. I'm, uh, I've never Pei been like there, a so. quick takeout for uh, P.F. Chang's. Okay. Same company. <laughs> well, it's an interesting list and something to consider. If you want to take a look at this, it's pretty easy to find, but it is the uh, women across social media deeming which places they would refuse to go on a first date. Not any date, but first date. So we've learned that the perfect first date for most women is eating wings at the gym. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. At the gym, <laughs> if you can do if that. If you can do that yeah. with some C4 in the car. But apparently number, good to go. number one on this list is Cheesecake Factory. So may want to you know wow. consider that if you're going out on a first date. Maybe a second date would be good. But they're, I, they're I do like first cheesecake. Date. Uh, well, yeah, but I mean that's only a tiny bit of what they do. They, their their menu is gigantic. <laughs> I know, I've heard. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Anyhow, thank you for sharing. We do appreciate it. We're going to take a break. Some bizarre file stories that uh, you may have been waiting for are up when we return. So we'll be right back. If you think Jackie Bam Bam is colorful on the radio, just wait till you see him in this year's Mummers Parade. MMR's beloved nighttime host once again struts his stuff down Broad Street in Philly's New Year's Day tradition. So if you're heading downtown, cheer him on. If your plans include the couch and nursing a hangover, well, then text Mummer to 39333. We'll text you a link to let you know the how and when to catch Jackie on TV. Plus, check out a gallery of Jackie Bam Bam's award-winning Mummer costumes from the station that loves being a Philadelphia tradition, too. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks Philly. It's appropriate that we're playing this music right here. It's exactly right. I didn't even mean for this to happen as our guest was coming on board because his show 
is called An Evening with the Late John Cleese. And he will be performing at the Kimmel Cultural Campus on Wednesday, October 25th. I can't tell you how excited we are to welcome right now, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. John Cleese yes. to the show. Hey. Good morning, John. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm in London, and it's quite nice weather. Extraordinary. We get two or three days like this every year. What, two or three, and that's it. And listen, first of all, I am so sorry about your passing. I'm very sorry to hear that, sir. Yes, it was upsetting at the time, but um, you see, uh, I was able um, to to rise again on the third day. Oh, wow, that, that's uh, very, very impressive. Yeah. Well, I had a, um, a, a lovely old aunt who was very keen on Christianity, and she taught me a few of the Christian tricks, and that's a really good one. <laughs> that, of all of them, that's probably the most uh, handy to have, is the resurrection game. Um, uh, you know, and uh, so I, I rose again, and uh, I'm able to go on working, which is important, because I still need the money. I mean, just because you die right. doesn't mean you stop needing money. <laughs> I, I have happened to see and uh, doing some research for the interview today, John, I was watching a clip of you performing what you referred to as your alimony tour, a live stage <laughs> performance. And uh, it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen because you actually have a picture of your ex-wife, your newly ex-wife at that time, at an ATM machine, at a cash machine, <laughs> pulling out a wad of cash. And your exchange on stage is hilarious. It's a wonderful, wonderful picture, and obviously some pap was following her, and she goes to this ATM in the in the street, and she takes some money out, and with the watch of notes that she takes out, <laughs> it's huge. I mean, it's the largest amount of money I've ever seen taken out, and of course, it's all mine. <laughs> uh, it was just uh, so. I have to ask just on that one thing, and not to go off on a tangent here but was that um was that ever responded to did she ever um give you any uh, guff for that not that it mattered no 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 she um i i was a good friend of william goldman oh yeah a great screenwriter wrote butch cassidy and all the president's men and and, and uh, misery and princess bride which was his favorite and after about 20 years bill said to me john you're one of the funniest people in the world What's it like uh, being married to someone with no sense of humor? I said, I said, uh, well, do you get used to it? <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or you don't, and you move on, and, and you have happily. Um, I wanted to ask you about the whole premise of the show. Both my wife and I are absolutely going when she heard you were coming to the area. She's a massive fan as well. Uh, but uh, I will tell you uh, this. Uh, that, you know, so, so many comedians, Woody Allen was famous, um, you know, of, uh, for being fascinated with death. You have a uh, uh, sort of an interest. I would know, wouldn't maybe not call it a fascination. And you... Uh, I was um, uh, reading an interview with you, and you were talking about early on, and this this blew my mind. You recommended the poem "Gray's Elegy" to read to sort of frame, you know. Oh my God! Yes. And yes. and and my father, in, my father passed that on to me, and it, and it it it's it's been a cornerstone of my life going forward. Explain what happened with that. Really 
very pleased to hear that. What a wonderful thing. What a truly wonderful... Yes, it's an extraordinary um, uh, poem. And what, what some people think the greatest poem ever written in, in, in uh, the English language as opposed to the American English language. And uh, the, the basic idea is um, uh, the paths of glory lead but to the grave. And in fact, there was a wonderful movie I saw uh, called The Paths of Glory with Kirk Douglas in it about the First World War. And, uh, you know, people spend all their time trying to acquire money and, and become important. The question is, <laughs> what do you do when you die? <laughs> no, none of, that, none of that's ever, ever any, any use to you. Um, so I think that that's a very good, uh, good thought to carry in your mind is what's the purpose? of all this. Do I really need a new car? Is that really going to make me? And that kind of thing will permeate my thinking. And that, that's why, for example, although I've been offered one or two honours, I've never taken them because deep down I think they're a bit silly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good context to look at life, to sort of be reminded that, that it's all ephemeral at a certain level and what really should yeah. matter. And it's, it's a great way to approach it. But my head spun when I saw that. I'm like, oh my God, that that uh, I was recommended that early on in life, and it and it and it really did help me. And so, throughout your life, do you do you I find? Think so. I think I think yeah. I I, I actually read, read it because I went. To, I couldn't get into Cambridge straight away. So when I was nineteen, I went off to teach at a little school where I'd actually been as a pupil, uh-huh. and the the senior master was still there, Mr. Bartlett. He was a wonderful teacher, and I said to him, "Tell me a poem I should learn," and he told me to learn um, Gray's Elegy. I don't think I could do much of it now. It's a full many a flower is born to blush, to blush unseen and wasted sweetness on the desert air. You know, it's great stuff. And uh, I think it did permeate in the same way that it did with you. And it's given me this um, fairly uh, sort of casual, slightly philosophic attitude to life. I learned quite early on to say, does this really matter? Yeah. And mm. uh, when something goes wrong, it's very good just to stop for a moment and say, how much does this really matter? And it does not matter. I, yeah. I will tell you what I, what I, I, I do believe that does matter, John, is, is leaving behind some legacy. Yeah. And, and as an illustration of that, um, Monty Python, um, uh, the Holy Grail, when I was in high school, um, one of my, my history professor, when we were done with the, uh, my senior year, um, as, as a final, instead of giving us an actual final, he allowed us to watch Holy Grail. And I fast forward to my, my son, <laughs> his senior year, three years ago, uh, he was in an academic program, an academic Olympic program, and as a reward for as performing well, they rented out a movie theater, and they showed Monty Python and the Holy Grail to these, these kids that were 18 years old. And here we are at this day and age, yeah. and that film is still carrying as much weight as it did in <laughs> entertaining young people. That has got to be, that's got to feel fantastic. Well, I mean, it's lovely when you uh, when you tell me that. I feel quite touched by it because I think it's so important to laugh. I think it it moves us to a better part of ourselves when we laugh. We become less anxious. I, I I'll tell you this story very quickly. I went to Sarajevo, and for four years during the siege of Sarajevo, when there were Serbs up in the hill lobbing shells down to them, and 
people with uh, snipers, Serbian snipers mm. with uh, um, telescopic lenses uh, shooting people in the street. And they told me that what they did was, um, after dark, they, they all used to go to an underground garage, which had been converted into a cinema. And they used to watch comedy films, mainly Python. Wow. And afterwards, when they all came out of the cinema in the dark, because it was safe, um, they felt better. Mm. Now, the whole point is nothing had changed, but they felt better, better mm. able to deal with the situation. And that's incredibly interesting because, as I say, nothing had changed. So except what had changed was the laughing that moved them to a better philosophical position. Yeah. And I think that's what it does because laughter has some wonderful effects for a start. It's a democratic thing. It's very hard to maintain a hierarchy in a humorous atmosphere because everybody becomes much matier mm. and friendlier and stop, it, stop trying to pretend they're superior to other people. So I think laughter is hugely important. And the other thing I would say to young people is most of the funny, really funny things were done a long time ago. Mm. Go back and look at Caesar. Yeah. Go back and look at W.C. Fields or the Marx Brothers. You know, these, they're wonderfully funny. They're much funnier than most of the stuff that's out there now. But young people always think that what has been done recently is, for some strange reason, more important. And the answer is no. The great stuff, most of the great stuff, they're in history. Uh, John, I was not really familiar with the Graham Norton show until uh, Instagram um, started uh, bringing those clips to the United States, and I, I've become a fan of uh, Graham Norton, and uh, you reposted a clip not that long ago of you on uh, the couch, and Taylor Swift was sitting to your left, and uh, you told a, a story about cats, and it, to me it was just this quintessential John Cleese moment of you being you, and Taylor Swift being a little confused by British people's humor, <laughs> and, and, and I'm curious as to um, <laughs> what your impression was of, of that moment. Oh, I, I thought it was lovely. You see, I'm such an old-fashioned old, old thing, and I've never been much interested in popular music that I had never heard of her. <laughs> wow. um, and when she was coming, coming on the program, they said, oh, she's uh, sort of singing Western side. And I thought, oh, dear, I won't be able to understand her speech. And suddenly she sits down, there's this immensely poised, funny, what cool woman there, you know? Um, very very pretty, and but so elegant and effortless. And then they put pictures up of her cat, <laughs> um, which are called Scottish folds with a strange folded ears. That's right. <laughs> and I felt so comfortable with her because she's so smart, you know. Uh, I, I, I said, what happened to them? <laughs> 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 she said, what do you mean? What happened to them? I said, well, did they have an accident? <laughs> and uh, well, everybody just broke up. And I, I just thought, what a marvelous young woman. I must find out more about her. And as we parted, I said to her, you've got to do more comedy. Because I thought she was quite wonderful. But of course, all she does is this singing where she should be doing comedy. She's brilliant. That's yeah, great. no, she's a, she's a, a, a superstar. I, mm -hmm. I wanted to go back to something earlier that you, you said, uh, uh, John, uh, concerning, you know, um, taking the uh, the air out of
of um, uh, people that humor is a great leveler. And uh, there was a great uh, series about the the history of Monty Python. And and, and Python was was formed. You know, we were talking about this earlier before you came on. It it was a response to the stuffiness um, of the time. And and. Right. And so um, and it was sort of a struggle, I think, because we had not seen really anything like that. I remember, for God's sakes, watching that on public television here. Yes. And, uh, you know, it just rocked my world that it, that that people would commit so wholeheartedly to the absurd. And it was just brilliant <laughs> um, finding that voice, finding that general attitude of the show and getting that collection of people together was in your memory. Is that an arduous it has affected people. It's absolutely yeah. fascinating. So, but men have often said to me, thanks for making me laugh, but women have said, um, uh, thanks for helping to form my sense of humor, which is a huge compliment. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. I, that that would hold true for me. Uh, there, yeah, and and it, mm. it it means a lot. Um, I have to ask you. So I was unfamiliar with the uh, the Cambridge Footlights, and and uh, which was that your your first? That's a that's a college. Is that a college um, performing group on the order of the Harvard Lampoon, or what? What? Where does yeah, that fall? Was, uh, anybody from anybody? I think there were twenty colleges at Cambridge. Anyone from any college, and indeed from any discipline could come to this little club room and they had to do an audition and if they did then uh, they could come in and have lunch or uh, uh, get a drink there in the evening and I liked it because they they weren't all a bit like some of the other students trying to sort of be a bit one-uppish. What I liked about them is that they were very relaxed and you could joke with them and tease each other and have have a nice time. And it was only years later that I realized that that's what happens in a humorous atmosphere. Everybody gets sort of friendlier. People are supposed to be terribly important, don't like comedy, because it's very hard to be pompous in a comedy atmosphere. When people are laughing, it's a great leveler. Terribly healthy. You were you were talking about the. Uh, I was uh, watching an interview. You were talking about the coronation of King Charles, and and you were you were invited in to watch your wife on, on the bed, and you just burst out laughing because that's everything that you have sort of. Uh, oh, your comedy has sort of bristled against over the years. The the, the pomp, correct? Correct. Yes, I wasn't expecting to have that reaction, but I. She was watching the television, surrounded by our cat which is her standard position. And uh, I came to join her, and I looked at a bit. Excuse me, I looked at it for about three, four seconds, and then I just collapsed. I laughed and laughed and laughed, and she looked at me. She started laughing. She said, what is it? I said, it's Monty Python. Trying to pretend that somebody's something serious is going on. And I just couldn't stop laughing. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. That's great. Um, Now, the rumor is, and I don't know if this is true, uh, a, a reboot a Faulty Towers um, uh, with your daughter as a, a, a co-writer and a co-star. Is this, in fact, the case? Uh, yes, it will happen, but it's a long time down the road. And one of the producers, 
put out a press release. Uh, there was no point to putting it out, and he put it out without warning everyone. So the whole thing suddenly magnified and hardly existed. I mean, Camilla and I were actually talking about it last night because I'm back in England, so we had a chat about it. Uh, it's a long way from happening, but it will happen, and it was not helpful having this big press release when the whole thing was just a glint in our eye. Right, so it's sort of put the, the weight of it on you. But so, so down the road, it is in the works, but um, it, it'll, it'll be uh, later than sooner. Yeah, there's a lot in the works. For example, she and I rewrote the book for a musical of A Fish Called Wonder. We spent the last month in L.A. working on that. Wow. They wrote music for the original film and also wrote most of the music for Spamalot. And a wonderful, uh, really lovely director called B.T. McNichols, who used to work as assistant to Mike Nichols, oh. who is, uh, as far as I'm concerned, in, in anything to do with humor, he's up there with God. And so anybody who worked with Mike Nichols is, is you know, someone I bow and scrape to. And he's done, we've done a very good job on the first act. So Camilla and I have been doing that, but I'm back in London. And uh, this afternoon, I'm um, preparing some uh, uh, video to show all the people who are going to be doing the Life of Brian stage show next year. Oh, that is fantastic. So yeah. A Going on. A fish called Wanda musical is that uh, film or stage uh, production? You're thinking stage show. Oh, stage wonderful! Uh, Hopefully, uh, in, uh, in 2025, because these kind of things take an enormous amount of work and paperwork to get through. Um, but apparently, it's in very good shape. So I'm going to go back there in November after we finish the tour. Um, oh yeah, the tour. We should have been talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the tour, by the way, and I, I love this uh, statement about uh, an evening with the late John Cleese. It says here in the statement, in lieu of flowers, the comedian wishes for you to please buy the VIP ticket, <laughs> which includes premium seating, exclusive poster, and a post-show photograph with Mr. Cleese. Uh, then then I will honor you that way with my wife. We will absolutely do that. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. Yeah, that's fun, actually. And again, with the atmosphere, when I walk because, you know, the people lined up and I get 10 minutes after the show and then they said they're ready and walking. There's always a slight feel of anxiety. Mm. It's terribly funny, like, is there something that go wrong? Right. Uh, I'm very abused by this because what would it matter if something went wrong? <laughs> <laughs> they they, oh they would ask for a refund on the spot. Well, you start making jokes, and what happens is that all the anxiety just fades away in about five seconds, and everybody starts having a good time, you know, and joking and smiling and waving and doing silly things, and everyone becomes, becomes very democratic in a good sense. Well, the show... I like doing that afterwards. Yeah, they, they, you know, for the, for the photographs afterwards. Uh, the show will be at the Kimmel okay. Campus Wednesday, October 25th, and uh, tickets are available at KimmelCulturalCampus.org. It's in the evening with the late John Cleese. Uh, John, you you are an absolute treasure. This is this is an honor, an honor. for us to speak with I you. Am, uh, pass the word on, will you? Just, just <laughs> I, just yes, we, yeah. Shall, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we shall pass the word on. Uh, Thank, I've been very unappreciated. Uh, well, we'll we'll turn that around, and and we hope you have a great time when you're in Philadelphia on the 25th, sir. Yeah. 
All right. It's not too late to turn it around. <laughs> <laughs> not too late. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. John Cleese. Yeah. Take care, sir. We'll see you soon. Oh, my goodness. That's uh, great. That's one for the bucket list right there. Yeah. No doubt. He's fantastic. We've, never, we've talked to him before, have we not? I don't no, think. No, I we had Eric Idle on. Yeah, Eric Idle. That was great. And we talked about the Ruddles and, and, and all kinds of... Because I think he was doing a... There was like a Ruddles... Um, anniversary celebration or something along those lines but he was great because i remember i, I said uh michael palin we had also talking about the uh, the travel show but eric Idle, I'd, I'd said um i i said uh, wink wink and he goes uh i go wink wink nudge nudge he goes ah say no more i mean like he just went right <laughs> into it yeah. and they're awesome yeah, i was talking earlier about how i didn't get it when i was younger and then when i um when i had uh my wisdom teeth taken out my aunt pat got me the box set uh monty python flying circus yeah and and so I watched it, and I, at that point, I think I was like 22 years old, and I was like, oh, I get it now. Well, it, for, I get it. for people who don't know, yeah. uh, who want to take a jump in, you can get, um, and now for something completely different, which is a movie yes. where they redo some of their um, classic TV bits, yeah. yeah, and it's done with a little bit more production value, and that's a good sort of primer. Yeah, because they're, they're, the, the, the sketches are shorter, yep, yep. and you get, it's easy to digest, and, right. and uh, yeah, that's a great one, Steve. That's a good suggestion. Wow. So we're going to take a break. Stay with us. It's a scientific fact. People like free shit. And at WMMR.com, you can find out how to score yourself some of that, like concert tickets, autographed gear, and even cash. Become an MMR VIP to get extra chances to enter online at WMMR.com. Preston and Steve. Their name is their address. On, on the web. PrestonandSteve.com. Football's back, and this Eagle season, there are huge prizes to be won at Acme. Enter Acme Swoopin' and Win Sweepstakes, and you could win up to $10,000 cash or 2024 Eagle season tickets. And all you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at acmeswoopinandwingame.com. Acme makes sure Eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in to discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Winter may seem like a strange time to replace the windows in your home, but with Window Nation, it's the perfect time. Right now, Window Nation is offering you 50% off all window styles. Plus, you can get 0% interest for five years. So get rid of those cold, drafty windows that are costing you more to heat your home. With savings this big, it's time to give Window Nation a look. It's easy. Simply call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com to get started. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. There's a uh, a story that uh, Marissa sent me from the Philadelphia Inquirer, which I found kind of interesting. And it's something that we haven't um, talked about in a long time. But there's, there's an added little uh, twist to this. But the article says that a surprising number of adults... Sleep with plush animals, and the and and I was thinking, okay, maybe it's just their old stuffed animal they've had on the bed, yeah, forever, That's it. for a long time since they were Nostalgic. a little kid. But some of it's like brand new, and they're they're getting them now. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, the interesting thing I read about this is that it uh, it's it's across all kinds of demographics. Um, various surveys show that a significant number of U.S. adults have slept or continued to sleep with stuffed animals. Most of them are Gen Zers and millennials, so essentially all the way from 9 to 40 years old. Uh, in a report on uh, the popularity of the stuffed and plush toys product category, 
Uh, the research firm Future Market Insights estimate now that nine, the, the now $9 billion market will reach $17 billion by 2032. This is for plush toys. Huh. Now, and, the plush toys in general and then from this this bunch of toys produced a percentage will be used by people who use it for sleeping purposes yeah yeah for as a as a like a little cuddle a security thing, thing. Yeah, cuddle yeah. thing yeah. i mean listen i cuddle with my pillow like i have the pillow that i lay my head on and then i had the, the pillow that one. i put that i put my arm around yeah i mean it's not a stuffed animal but it might as well be but and and that's what i was thinking about this i i'm thinking about getting one now because yeah. i need i'm an I'm over the top pillow guy you know that i mean yes. my, my preferred number is six mm-hmm. uh i can get away with four okay no problem uh but uh but i and part of that is i kind of hug my arms around a, a large pillow and i think a um a plush, a stuffed plush thing would be kind of... Like a big teddy bear? Like, I don't a, know. like a big lion? Well, that's a good thing. question. Are, are they, a llama? Like, are they uh, traditional size stuffed animals or are they the larger oversized ones that would be better for an adult? Remember those ones the pajamagram folks were selling? That's uh, like almost like five feet tall, that right. thing? That's what I was, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, Is we it have, like we your have a size? Giant, we have a giant bear that's like a, that? a six foot tall bear. A giant chick. Um, chick? <laughs> like a baby chick. Oh, it's a chicken. Right. Oh, I thought you meant like a, like a real doll. Like like a Nicole keeper. Smith. Yeah. You like Kiss me. You pull the string on the back. Can you want to kiss me? <laughs> and then Joe Namath is on the other yeah, side yeah, of the bed. Yeah, I want to kiss you. Can you want to kiss just, me? Preston in, just in heaven as they're both talking at the same time. But listen, reading this article, there is a uh, there's a specific stuffed animal called uh, squishmallows. Oh, okay. My daughter just got one of these. I okay, think. so I am I'm intrigued by this. It says it's she's at the risque this weekend. <laughs> uh, no, 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 squishmallow. No. Uh, that's squirtmallow. <laughs> squirtmallow. Oh no. God. Uh, no, egg Get a mop. It's oh, an, ex- an egg-shaped, yeah. extremely cushy, uh, so-called plush companion filled with polyester fiber. I've seen these. Manufactured by Kelly Toys, holdings of LLC in Los Angeles. And there's about a thousand different characters, each given a name and a backstory. And uh, apparently they're super-duper squishy. And I've seen these, too. Yeah, yeah. They're, meant to, they're basically a riff on a marshmallow with, with character faces on them. Yeah. Uh, Case, did you say your daughter just she got She literally just got are one on these... Saturday night at, uh, at the boardwalk. Case, are they a little bit heavier? Uh, not heavier, but um, denser, yes, but squishy, like he was saying. Okay, because there's, yeah. there's something, there was, I got something for um, my cousin's daughter. We had a sleepover, and so I wanted to get her like a little stuffed animal or whatever right. for the, the bed that I had set up, and I got it at Target. I don't know if it was one of these, but it was that whole marshmallow shape. It was a unicorn, but it almost was like slightly weighted, but still super squishy. Yeah. It was like the most comfortable thing. Is it thing. like memory foam? Um, no. But, but kind of. It's not your classic stuffed animal filling. Right. Uh, by the way, there's a, there's an adult. So the, this article uh, interviewed a bunch of adults. Somebody said, I got I got a weighted green dinosaur. Oh, cabin. so there we go. Okay. Uh, and the heaviness helps me with my anxiety. Even if I'm not going to huh. bed, I just hold them and it helps. My girlfriend or fiance, whatever, she sleeps with a weighted blanket. And then for the same sure. reason, yeah. People, yeah. Nick, people swear by those things. I got one just for the hell of it. Mm-hmm. It's no goddamn. Steve, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't like it either. It's, it's, I feel like I'm in a prison yep. cell. It's, it's way too much. Yeah, too heavy. Yeah. Um, by the way, if you if you still if you're an adult and and this is either new to you or you've been doing it for a long time or maybe you had that childhood plushy toy that you have slept with forever. 215-263-WMMR. Give us a call right now, and, and let's see who's got the longest, maybe, uh, or who is brand new to this whole thing. I'm going to go to Justin. Works at five below. Hey, Justin, good morning. 
Good morning, Preston, Steve, and family. How are you? We're wonderful, buddy. Thanks for coming on. So uh, you work at Five Below. You guys sell these Squishmallow things? Yeah, so that's like my seasonal job, and it's also like my part-time job. I still work there. But let me tell you something. Five Below, there are people lining up when they... Um, when they're going to release the new ones and wow. oh. about eight cases and they sold out within the day. So, Justin, who, yeah. who is the uh, who, baby thing? What, the, yeah. what are the customers? Are they adults, kids? Who's buying them? Um, both, you know, yeah. or they're, you know, they're coming in like if they're in school, the moms are going in and, you know, they're looking for, you know, one of each or they're calling up on the phone asking if we have a specific one. Wow. But, yeah, I mean, they're a really great price, but it's like this new big phase and they're starting to gain value just like a Beanie Baby. So we're looking at, at the description, a couple like pictures. A be- yeah. Just, just like, like a Beanie, Beanie Baby. Baby. Yeah. They, don't, they didn't gain value, by the way. No, they did not. <laughs> Thank you, Justin. Are they, are these, is it, it says 12 inches. Is it just a foot tall? Is that worth it? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, All right, so th- this is what I got. I'm looking on Target's website, and they have a, a number of different options. Uh, and they're in the range of like uh, $12 to like mm, 25 bucks. Okay. Here's a, a texter. Uh, Mackenzie in Malvern says, I have a stuffed monkey from a company called Warmies, spelled W-A-R-M-E-E-Z, that you can heat up in the microwave. Oh, yeah. Like a regular monkey. I sleep with it every night in the winter. You just throw it in for two minutes. Chim chim in the microwave. Put it on the popcorn yeah, setting. Yeah. Uh, but she says it is so cozy and cuddly. Uh, so that's interesting. So was that would that would that work for you? Something heated up like no, a bag? No, I would what? I would want something chilly, like oh, like yeah. Nick was talking about with the uh, the massage chilly. table the other day. I would want, oh, no, yeah. no, not like chilly the food. Okay, like uh, cool. Well, this thing's full of chili. Uh, Let's not rule out chilly the food though. <laughs> yeah, Nick, how did you get that chili all over your face? <laughs> mm. You know what, Steve? Here's your here, here's what we do: massage table with that hole at the end, right? A bowl of chili, bowl of chili there. right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're all on the same page, right? <laughs> It'd be perfect. The chili table. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Yeah. That hasn't what, been done yet. Nick, what's your chili setting? <laughs> it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Did a Gangos bowling <laughs> Nick's, the other day. Nick's chili number. And Frank Reynolds puts chili in the bowling ball holes and eats a chili out of the bowling <laughs> ball. Oh, my God. He puts his fingers in the God. Oh, my God. All right, hold on. I want to go to uh, Julianne. Hey, Julianne, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> hey, what's up, Dan? Uh, yeah, I've, I, I actually submitted to getting a couple of the squishmallows because they're just adorable. I'm 39 though and as a joke, um, I had my recent boyfriend I egged him on to get me this penis shaped um, plushy toy. Um, It's just something I saw on Instagram and I was like, hey, I want this, you know get it for me. How how big is it by the way, Julianne? Um, it's, they came in different sizes, but I think mine's probably, you know, about a foot, 15 inches or something. Average length. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like Preston. Like I like sleeping with like a lot of pillows. I actually just went out of town last week, um, and took three of my own pillows and this plushie with me to sleep with. Good call. Um, and it's funny because like the, where the ridge of the penis would be is like a perfect <laughs> indentation to like wrap my arm around. Oh, yeah. It gives me like a little bit of like uh, <laughs> buffer and and uh, cushion because I, I I work outside so like something about like being kind of collapsed down like in the bed. I understand. Would you ever consider filling that thing up with chili? 
<laughs> no, no, I, I can't imagine he's very good for that. My my dogs already started chewing on one of the uh, the corners of it. So oh my god! Uh, when well, your dog starts chewing on your penis, yeah, uh, yeah. Do you cradle the balls? Does it have balls? Uh, it has like legs, which you legs. could imagine being very tiny balls, if you would. Okay, to look that at makes that sense. Way. It would be ridiculous yeah. to have long legs on your penis. Yeah. Uh, so this started off as kind of a joke, but it has become your regular uh, Saturday night bed companion. It, it has, yeah. Like, like I said, I'm 39. I don't recall ever growing up with any sort of to- stuffed toys that I would have slept with on a regular basis. And it- you know what, Julian? I think we're looking at what you have. It's uh, um, Connor called it up. It's funny penis, ding ding pillow. And it's it's got little legs on it. Does it have, does it have a face on it? Eyes and a little yep. smiley mouth. Yep. This has got to be it. That's it. Yeah. There, there's a couple different. I want to say there's a couple different places that do it uh, or have them have have done like the knockoffs of it. Some of them have really creepy faces, and some of them are just kind of like you animal, can use the you know little little smiles on them. And it, again, just part of the the joke. Nick, you can use the female model to keep your chili in. Oh yeah, <laughs> the size of this hole. <laughs> oh my Perfect God. for chili. All right, thank you, Julian. Female model. Yeah, yeah there you I go. love it. Yeah. I love it. Thank you, Julian. Yeah. See ya. Hey, press. I got a question and. Steve, you as well, because you guys both uh, mostly sleep in your own beds, Mm -hmm. uh, in in your own rooms. Yes. All right. Um, Do you sleep in the middle of your bed, or do you sleep on the side of your bed as if there is a partner on the other side? Preston first. I sleep on one side. I sleep on one side. Isn't that weird? Yeah. uh, Yeah, because when I find, like... I sleep laterally at the foot of the bed. That's... No, no, the reason I sleep on one side is to be closer to the end table where I keep water and uh, my alarm clock and stuff like that. Well, in case a deer gets into the house. And and if a deer gets in the house and you leave your shoes on, uh, it's not because of... um, I, I do it for that convenience. I don't. Uh, I mean, I, I may roll over to the middle of the bed. From right. The right. Time. How many pillows end up on the floor? Because that's the only reason I ask. If you slept in the middle of the bed, those pillows that you kind of surround yourself with would maybe not end I, up. It's on... a king size bed. I ain't going anywhere. Okay. I got less room. Do you? If you okay? If you go, you stay in a hotel by yourself. Um, do you sleep on that same side of the bed? I'm not partial to one side of the bed. Okay. I can me sleep neither. on either side of. The I bed. have to be closest to. Like the bathroom, uh, the bathroom or or an end table. Like if there was an end yeah. table only on one side, I would sleep on that side. I sleep on the door side. Okay, right. right. Okay. Yeah. Where, okay. in, in the room, wherever the door is, I sleep on that side because that's where the deer is going to come from. Right. Exactly. Right. A, and you need to yeah. jump yeah. up and be ready. And you know what? Gotcha! Get in a headlock. <laughs> you thought I was stupid? Yeah. Uh, you know, we have a, a house down the shore and we have a house up here and, and I sleep on different sides of the bed at each house. What's weird is that... Both in both places, my wife sleeps closest to the door. So if a, a, a yeah. raper comes in, he's going to get oh. to her first, and uh, or a killer, or a robber, or whatever, they're going to get to her first, and not me. Yeah, but I never, some be- people think that way. I never think about that. But I, she's I, closest. I, you're to you're the both bathroom. pretty much in the line of fire if somebody comes into your bedroom. Yeah. It's the deer. Yeah, yeah. 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 crazy no. deer. You those have antlers on, man. They can see, get stick it with the antlers. <laughs> All right. Um, Rantlers. Let me go to another call. I'm going to go to, uh, is this uh, Margie or Margie? Margie. Margie, good morning. Margie, good morning. Hey, what's up? Hello? Yes. Yes. Go ahead, Margie. What's your story? Uh, Well, my teddy bear is not erotic, but I've had her since I was 30. I got her for my 30th birthday, and I am now 67. Wow. Yeah. She's been with me through mono. She's been with me 
And each time I was sick. You, know, <laughs> you always tend to favor the uh, stuffed uh, toys that were with you through mono. Yeah. And syphilis and yeah. gonorrhea. Yeah. And the various things. Herpes, uh, leprosy. Marty, so at 30 years old, why did you receive a teddy bear? Was this something you asked for? No. Okay. No, because I love teddy bears. Oh, this, okay. She's uh, two feet long. Okay. This That's one. a good size one. Mm-hmm. And what's her and name? Her face is squat. What's her name? Tedra. Tedra? Tedra with a T. Tedra, like Teddy, but Teddy. Oh, okay. And so, let me ask you: Do you clean this thing? Will you put it in the wash? As, as it becomes sort of an actual entity to you? Well, I haven't washed her, but she needs to be dry cleaned. Okay, she does because her face is squashed. And she's covered with mono. And <laughs> will you? Can you sleep without Tedra? Uh, I need to hold on to something. Okay. Has Tedra ever ordered you to kill someone? <laughs> no. Okay. But you've had it for 37 years. That's amazing. And you get it to, you're a full-on adult. That's yes. interesting, Margie. And, all right. Well, thank you very much. Uh, we appreciate that. Um, I got, now I kind of want to have a stuffed thing. I, know. I think I might get one. I mean, I sleep with a, a mummified dolphin. Let me go to Joe. Good morning, Joe. <laughs> Yeah, you're crumb bum, luxury, <laughs> You're a creep. Crumb bum. What's up, bud? Physically. <laughs> Get away from me. Not too much, man. Uh, we got the squish mallets everywhere, dude. My wife got one for a gift or whatever. I was like, what the hell is this thing? Uh-huh. Five-year-old loves it. She got one. Now we got three. Then we got five. Before I know, we got them all over the beds, all over the house. I'm dying <laughs> squishing them all. So, Joe, Joe do, you, do, do, you, do you get it at all? Or is it completely alien to you what the attraction is for the other people in the house? No, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm in it now. I'm stuck in you're, it. You're, you're, in this, uh-huh. you're in it now. You grab it, and it's, it's just like <laughs> gold. It's so nice. It's not a pillow. It's like different. I will tell you, maybe this pertains to this is, is a similar thing. Um, when I sit down on the couch uh, or anywhere, a chair, anywhere in somebody's house, I have what I have, call a hugging pillow. I oh, yeah. The same thing. Same. Yep. Always. Yeah. Always a hugging pillow. Yeah. Uh, not so much in the bed, but I assume this is correlates, right? Wait, sure. Steve, do you feel, I feel a little awkward grabbing the hugging pillow at other people's houses. You should. I will ask. Yeah. I will say then, can, do you have a, a old yeah. bras I could bowl up? I have, all right, I get it. Um, yeah. I have something that will hold chili. Old bras. Old yeah. bras, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Margie, do you have any old bras? At, I'm sure Margie's got a bunch. At home, Steve, I have two or three go-to hugging pillows on the couch for oh. TV, right? Oh, yeah. But when I go to somebody else's house and I'm watching TV on their couch, I feel like I need that. And yeah. I'm, I'm uncomfortable without it. Are you, Nick? Are you kind of like moving your arms around? Yes. Like, um, You're you know, like a, a, in Talladega Nights. Yeah. 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 Uh, I will tell you this. I agree. Everything you're saying rings true to me. I will. I will ask. And the houses I will go to to visit, people know to provide me with a hugging yeah. pillow. All right. When we had my wife was working with our, and you know Lauren, uh, formerly. Oh Lauren yeah, Coleman, sure. She's the decorator of the house. She designed. She made sure that I had hugging pillows. Mm-hmm. I. It is a security thing. Preston, is that you? Yeah. Uh, Sitting down on a couch, will you hug a pillow? Um, I don't need one, yeah. but uh, if I am if I'm settling in to watch a TV show or something like that, yeah, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll do that to get comfy. Yeah, that yeah. would be where I I could connect to this. Okay, it reminds me of when I was in high school and uh, we would uh, me and my friends rent a porno and uh, we were so you got like you would hug the flashlight. We have six guys sitting around watching a porno together it was to hide, and then you everybody had a pillow on their lap. I'm like, mm, what's going on around here? Oh, it was boner. <laughs> oh, wait, hold boner cover. Hold on a minute. <laughs> yes, it was normal. You would sit around with other guys and yes, watch porn. Yes, when, when I was like eighteen. Yeah, you. Yeah, too? believe it or what? not, not a, like a whole group of guys, but it was like Kath. 
Yeah, I don't know. Porn was it was so new to us. Yeah, back then. Oh, and, there, yeah. and there were very few options as far as like video of pornography. So it was like it was basically it's not like, like it is now. I assume it was the similar thing to like getting someone to buy you booze Beer. when you're yeah. underage. So so somebody was able to score a porno exactly, and and that was it. And then, so you didn't let that opportunity go away. If you go back even further, like. <laughs> "Quote unquote stag parties and stuff like that." Guys sit around and watch pornography. There was a dude in my neighborhood who had the wheels, <laughs> uh, just okay. like the Steely Dan song, uh-huh. uh, and and uh, and everyone knew. And it, Preston, it, the, that "quote unquote" porn was basically like nudie films. Right. right. It was not porn. But you know what, Kath, we would do, it was funny because back then, when you would get these pornos, you put it in, and the first thing, uh, the American flag would come up, and the Star Spangled Banner would come on, and we would all stand up and <laughs> like, pledge allegiance. Up. Yeah. You would. I did it as a joke. As yeah. a joke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got America, you. Jack. All right. Anyhow, can we go back to plus Hello. toys for yes, a moment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, um, the, the adults who sleep with... Uh, with plush toys, it's amazing that the uh, uh, the demographics are are pretty even. Twenty five percent are women, twenty two percent are men. Wow. Twenty six percent are Democrat, twenty four percent are Republicans, thirty five percent are Gen Zs, another five thirty five percent are Millennials, and then it gets a little bit smaller. Fourteen percent are Gen Xers and six percent are Baby Boomers. Uh, finally, twenty two percent are white, twenty four percent are black, and thirty three percent are Hispanic. Otherwise, it's pretty, pretty even. Yeah, that's. Well, that's that's and that like that. says to what you sort of need. Now, let me ask you: There's obviously the plushy. Um, who are the uh, the ones that are turned on by uh, the people furries. who dress? They're furries and plushies. Yeah, who furries derives? are the ones that are dressed up, right? And plushies, and plushies have are sex. ones. Who, well, I, yeah, I, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. With, uh, with toys and things, right? Like that, okay, uh, with stuffed toys. Uh, hang on a second. We had a ton of calls coming in here. Let me go. Uh, to Mackenzie's been on hold for a while. Oh, she texted in about the the monkey. Oh, okay. The microwave monkey. Hi, Mackenzie. Good morning. Yoo-hoo. Yeah. Yoo-hoo. All right, Mackenzie, you have the microwave monkey. Yes. Yeah. So I I've always had a lot of plushies, but I got this one last year, and you can heat it up in the microwave. It's from a company called Warmies, mm-hmm. and I started sleeping with it every night in winter because it's so cozy, just so warm to cuddle as I was falling asleep. And I don't heat it up anymore, but I just got used to it. And now I just sleep with it every night. Mackenzie, how, how big is it? Uh, normal stuffed animal size. Normal stuffed animal size. And what is its name? Uh, Wesley. Wesley! I love that. Any particular yes. reason you, you ended up with Wesley? No idea. Okay. All right, right, Wesley. I like that even better. I used to microwave gerbils, but, uh, dude, you couldn't sleep with them. No, because they... In fact, they look like chili, Nick, when they smell kind of bad. It's kind of gooey. Hang on. Let me go to... Yeah, let's go to Mary here. Hi, Mary. Good morning to you. Good morning. What's up, Mary? (laughs) Uh, You're talking about animals, but I'm 45 years old. I've slept with the same blanket... Since I was nine years old, and I've always slept with a stuffed animal. Okay, what stuffed animal are you sleeping with now? Right now, I have a black cat that I got up in Salem, Massachusetts, back in 2006. Okay. And before that, it was a Care Bear. Okay, so I would think a care. I think things on the on the bear level where there's a lot more huggability, like some something you know, like like a like a like a muscular leopard is not going to be huggable. You know what I'm saying? With too many yeah. MRLs are thinking this. Cow. <laughs> okay. Uh, armadillo. Hey, do you, do you get rid of these old things or do you keep them somewhere special? Um, I actually have uh, 
the space saver bags with all my old stuffed animals in it. Oh, with the ones that with the vacuum cleaner that sucks them down to nothing? Yep. So yep. I have three extra large ones in my closet right now. Oh, okay. man. Wow. Yeah, that's hard. It's hard to get rid of them. That's why you get your get your uh, get a little guillotine. Thanks, Mary. Uh, yeah, you you actually you decapitate them like Wednesday did. And yeah. there you go. She used to. You're right with her yeah, dolls. With her dolls. I love it. I like the idea of the squishmallow. I don't think it's big enough for me though. I need it to be yeah. no smaller than well, pillow. In case I'm, I was I'm, thinking the same thing. I'm wondering if maybe they make larger ones. You know, if they if they have different mm. sizes. I don't know, but Can I would you, like to find that out. Yeah, human centipede them together. I would like to get a Some, larger one as well. Somebody texted in Preston and said they come. Yeah, it says uh, they come in many different sizes. I have a small one. My sis has a large one uh, for the couch, Steve, and she uses it to raise her head, uh, to rest her head, and then um, she and her husband both like it on the couch. Oh, okay. So there's one. That the, the biggest we see here is two feet. Yeah. Okay. That's a good size one. Uh, it's yeah. decent. Yeah. Uh, look like uh, Russian ne- nesting dolls. They do yeah. look like that. Uh, I'm going to go to Stacy. Hi, Stacy. Hi. Hey, what's up, Stace? I'm okay. How are you? Good. Good. Thank you. All right. So you were going to tell us about something you sleep with. I have a bear that I've been sleeping with since I was 13, and I'm 56. Wow! So it's 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 why. So you're still you're. What was the boomer level, Preston, or what? What would Stacy qualify as? Uh, let's see. No, Stacy would qualify as a Gen Xer. Gen Xer. Okay. Uh, and it's 14 percent of Gen Xers say that they uh, sleep with a plush toy. Um, is it in pretty good condition, Stacy? Being that old. He's well loved. His nose has had been well loved. times, and yes, he does get washed. What is his name? Eric. Eric. Okay, so why is he named Eric? Did you just randomly uh, arrive at that, or was that a former Eric. boyfriend? No, that was my high school sweetheart. Who uh, I... Who's actually his remains are sealed into the. <laughs> no, not. He passed away though when I was twenty. Wow. Okay. So, Stacy, are you are you single? Are you married? What's your story? Um, I'm an old lady who doesn't sleep with anybody but my stuffed bear. Okay. Aww. I wasn't sure because uh, I was curious if 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 your partner, if you did have a partner, if they were weirded out by that or if they were on board. So, I'll tell you what, we're gonna do. We're gonna send hey, hey. Connor over <laughs> <laughs> to lie in bed with you and do whatever you want. Uh, well, that history of the bear. Okay, that's, I think that's wonderful, especially if it gives you comfort at night. That's terrific. Thanks, Stacy. All right, so um, Amazon has a whole bunch of these, and uh, Press, if you were to go, because for me, like I would have to get the perfect one for me. They have Disney ones, Pixar ones, Hello Kitty ones, and <laughs> Peanuts ones. Ooh. If you were to pick any of those four categories, where would you go? Pixar? Probably Pixar. Okay. Yeah, but I don't know what... They have a uh, Sully. They have the alien from uh, Toy Story. They Sully. have Mike. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was thinking the pilot that uh, landed the. Uh, uh, He's the, a hero. Yeah, yeah. the uh, the Hudson. Mike Wisnowski. Sully Sullenberger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Sully Sullenberger. Uh, yeah. They were out of Chuck Yeagers, <laughs> so I went with the Sully Sullenberger. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I'd have to see him, Case. Yeah. Uh, Was looking for an Amelia Earhart. Oh, those are cute. Yeah. But yeah. I don't think Sully's big enough. This one's um, it's only 14 inches. I, there's I'm a Michael a Collins cream. back there on the shelf. <laughs> a lot of people forget about Mike Collins. Man. He, was the, he was the command He model. was the guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let me go to, let's see. I have, uh, we haven't talked to a guy yet. Let me go to, to Dave. Hi, Dave. Good morning. Hey, Preston. Hey, Steve, everybody. Good morning. How are you guys? Good morning Dave! to you. All right, so you still have a, um, uh, or no, it says here you have a one of the Squishmallows. Yes, yes. Okay. I'm 56 years old, and my daughter, for uh, Father's Day, they bought me a Squishmallow named Rodina. 
Rodina. All right. And it's and it's rainbow in color. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm not going to use this, but I'm telling you, I can't sleep without it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you, do you travel with it? Uh, yes, I do. Actually, my son and I had a baseball tournament out in like Western Pennsylvania, like the beginning of June. And when we checked into the hotel, I'm walking in. I said, so carry it in for me. <laughs> I'm not carrying that in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the counter at the uh, check-in. So you're, you're, you're sold on this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't travel without it. And when I checked into the hotel, the people were looking at me and my son like, what the hell are these two guys? <laughs> it's Paul. okay. We're part of a death cult. Paul, you yeah. know what you should do? You should get a specially made uh, cover for it. Yeah. Like, like a, you know, a like, a case. Case, like a zip uh, cover that goes over. So it looks like just a, an oblong shaped pillow. Here's what you can do. Idea. Gloss yeah. it up. Get it, get it like a, a suitcase and handcuff it to your wrist. There you go. Yeah. You don't want <laughs> it going anywhere. Yeah. Uh, I love it. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate that. I, so, dude, does this appear to be an older thing? Or, or do you think, what would you say the percentage was of younger? Um, it, was, it seemed to be, oh, but yeah, of, of the most generation. Yeah, it's it's higher with the younger. So it's uh, Gen Zers. Uh, and it says uh, most of them are Gen Zers okay. or millennials. Uh, but it does trickle out right. into uh, to people who have uh, had a, a plush one for a long time. Uh, let me go to, uh, we have so many clips here. Um, let's go to Lisa next. Hi, Lisa, good morning. Hi, guys. Hey, what's up, Lisa? I like Lisa. I'm caller. Thank you for calling in. All right, so you wanted to tell us about your stuffed animal. Yeah, um, I have a pound puppy that I've had since. Oh, oh wow. pound puppies wow. were huge. They were cute. <laughs> I'm 50, <laughs> and um, I got him when I was 12. He has traveled all over the world with me. He's been on like seven cruises. Whoa. He's been to Hawaii three times. He's been to Mexico. He's been to Italy. He's been to Greece. He's been all over the country, and I have left him three separate times and had to have him shipped back. Oh, oh my, my God. God! So you you've had him. What is where is the most far? Flung location you had him shipped back from? Uh, Cancun. <laughs> okay. How did you leave him? He gets wrapped up in the covers. Uh, and when I pack, I forget about him. <laughs> so, w- would it, let me ask you, psychologically, would it decimate you if you ap- lost and completely lost your pound puppy? I think so. <laughs> and my husband actually, I mean, I've had him since I was 12, so his name's Bones. Bones has been through two husbands and several boyfriends. Two husbands? And um, my husband was kind of like, well, I kind of want a pound puppy, too, so I bought him one also. And he doesn't really sleep with him. Ah, uh, see? What's, so, it, what's that dog's name? Bryce. 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 Bryce and Bones. Oh, I had Bryce. Mm-hmm. He did? Yes. Oh, yeah, he loves Bryce Harper, so. There you go. He, wa- he wants to sleep with Bryce Harper. Who doesn't? <laughs> yeah, but my friends, my friends torture him. Like, they all hold him by his ears out the window. And we're uh-huh. Oh, dude, All of my yes. friends know Bones. Everybody knows who Bones is if they know me. So they wouldn't, they wouldn't F with your pound puppy. No, that's that's the one they're messing with. Oh, I thought with. they're messing with her husband. No, joking pound. around Oh, with her. you can't do that? Because you know, they know yeah. how attached she is to him. Right. I've had to re-sew his toes, and he's been washed, you know, thousands of times. He's been through hell. Wow. <laughs> that's an incredibly accomplished pound puppy. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Kelly, this well, is a bit morbid, but uh, when you pass, is, is Bones going to be with you? 
Absolutely. That's what I thought. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you, Lisa. We appreciate Thanks, it. Guys. All right. See you later. Wow. Uh, I mean, it becomes a, a companion to you. If, I, you I, know? Would you, <clears throat> so you, if you were like broken down to just one pillow, would you be able to sleep? Oh, it'd be hard. If okay. I, I, I would have to just absolutely from finally pass out from exhaustion. Right, uh, yeah. But I would not sleep comfortably without question. I need, uh, on my head alone, I need two thin pillows. <laughs> uh, and then I need one between my legs and one uh, uh, for my arms to wrap around. So, yeah, I've got a whole system. I sleep one uh, two pillows basically. One pillow is under the um, the bed cover. You know, I sleep on top of the of the cover, the sheets, and then I have one blanket that I use. So I I'm just two pillows. Okay, but I I have the incline. You know, it's an adjustable bed. I have it way up to like hospital level. Right. Uh, I'm gonna go to Ashley. Hi there, Ash. Hey, bitches. Hey, what? What's up, Ashley? <laughs> hey, so um. Me and my twin sister, when we were, like, born, our great aunt, who I was really close to, gave us these stuffed dogs. But they're still shaped like a teddy bear. So think, like, teddy bear with really long, floppy ears. And I'll be 36, and I still sleep with it every night. She also gave us these blankets, these green, like, baby blankets, and I sleep with that. Like, I have to have that on a pillow and cover my eyes with it, too. (laughs) I I love it. So, Ashley... Let me ask you, you've had it since you were a kid. When you've, when you've gone uh, over, say if you've been invited over to a gentleman's house for the evening, would you bring that with you? Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but when I travel, like, I will bring them both with me. Like, I just came back from a cruise, and I brought it with me to the cruise. What's the dog's name? So, uh, <laughs> it has two names. Okay, I think okay. transgender, uh... <laughs> Crystal or William? Crystal or William? I love it. (laughs) (laughs) And these names are, other than Bones, they seem to be very creative. Not your standard pet name. Your stuffed Um, animal's non-binary. I love that. (laughs) I mean, I usually call her she. She says she, but just like, it's like when me and my sister were younger, like we didn't have Barbies. We played with our doggies. So they had a girl and a guy, like hers was Sky and Chelsea. But um, the one that's Crystal is funny because that's my middle name. So it's not even anything like, oh, I wish my name was. (laughs) So you you both have them. And and does your sister take uh, good care of hers as well? Yeah, she's but she stopped sleeping with hers a while ago. She's obsessed with koala, so there's this stuffed koala that my uncle got her right. when we were like kids. So his name's Waverly because that's my uncle's name. Waverly, it's like Toy Story, Preston, where they get swapped out for the newer toys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. Yeah. So the funny thing is, is that I'm obsessed with cats, so no one would expect that I sleep with a dog. Mm. Wow. We, okay. We won't spread the word. Interesting. Thank yeah. you, Ashley. Appreciate that. Nice. All right. That's a that's an interesting peek into uh, us as human beings and and what we do in our little what you need yeah 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 and I apologize to those that we have people who've been on hold for twenty minutes and uh, and I'm sorry we didn't get to you but we had a whole lot of calls coming in uh, but thank you for sharing but apparently it's a uh, it's an article it's a 
in the Enquirer. A surprising number of adults sleep with plush animals. And I was not familiar with the uh, Squishmallows. Or maybe I was. I think because Carolina has a whole bunch of things that look similar to what we're looking at here. I just didn't know that the product name. No, not a uh, clue. But apparently they're popular with adults as well just to uh, just to have comfort when you're when you're drifting off. So um, there's over a thousand characters. And uh, they squishmallows. Have, they have yeah. names and backstories. Jeez. So I thought that was interesting. All right, thanks for checking in on that. We appreciate it. We're going to take a break. We'll come back in a moment. We're going to get into some bizarre file stories when we return. Think you like them. Stay with us. Back in a second. If you think Jackie Bam Bam is colorful on the radio, just wait till you see him in this year's Mummers Parade. MMR's beloved nighttime host once again struts his stuff down Broad Street in Philly's New Year's Day tradition. So if you're heading downtown, cheer him on. If your plans include the couch and nursing a hangover, well, then text Mummer to 39333. We'll text you a link and let you know the how and when to catch Jackie on TV. Plus, check out a gallery of Jackie Bam Bam's award-winning Mummer costumes from the station that loves being a Philadelphia tradition, too. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Philly. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Files. And it's brought to you by Horizon Services, zero down, zero interest financing on select Energy Star rated systems, plus no payments for a year. Visit horizonservices.com slash radio. All right, we'll start with this. 26-year-old man is facing charges after police said he attempted to bring an item known as a vampire straw through airport security in Boston on Sunday. I'd never heard of this. Neither had I. It's a self-defense item. Police were called uh, because TSA said they had found a titanium vampire straw inside a pouch in the passenger's backpack. Purchased at Zabonic, the vampire straw is both a drinking straw and a defense item. May I help you? Uh, that can be carried in a cup without attracting attention. I think I've had just the thing for you. So the website states, uh, designed for self-defense, vampire straw is super tough and long enough to be used like a dagger. Its chiseled tip is sharp enough to puncture most synthetic materials. May I interest you in the vampire crazy straw? Uh, the vampire straw is also a very... Uh, effective tire deflator, it says. Dude, I think this would be murder to get stabbed with. Uh, and it can be carried in a cup. Yeah, yeah a cup. cup. <laughs> yeah. You say the cup? Yes, a cup. Yeah, yeah a cup. Uh, As we often say around here, we, guess what we get to do? <laughs> we, guess what I get to do? Uh, from a cup. Yes, a cup. <laughs> the vampire straw is very easy to deploy in reverse grip and put into action almost instantly. These are some of the items that have been come to know that. Oh, <laughs> Armand Nair was arrested in charge of carrying a dangerous weapon. TSA suggested to pack these items in your checked bag. Uh, vampire straws are, this is according to the TSA, vampire straws are tough and long enough to be used as a dagger, hence the reason they are not allowed in the cabin of the aircraft. However, state police said they are illegal to carry, similar to other certain edged instruments, such as a stiletto or dagger. All right, so are the collapsible batons illegal as well? It depends on the state. 
Okay. Uh, because I believe they are illegal in Pennsylvania. In case you see the ads from all over the place. I, do, yeah. I see them constantly for the collapsible ones that go down really small. So my, my brother, uh, Gene, uh, when he was in Secret Service, they started coming out with those. And, you know, ones that were so powerful, you could hold it up to a door and it would it would blow the lock right off. Uh, but, yeah, I see those ads all the time. In this case, Preston, with the vampire straw, yep. because it has the opening in it and it's... Yeah. It, you would actually gore out a chunk of flesh. Yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. yeah. Case, I used to carry a collapsible baton in my uh, in my briefcase. Yeah. And uh, that, that was illegal. Oh. Yeah, I know. It was breaking my because, wall. Oh, well, Instagram but, keeps showing me these, this great ad for the one. That, all like, the time. With the woman could, standing out there, yes. You I, could drive but, a car over it. and I don't know about Pens- what, where Pennsylvania stands, legality for that right now, but you can do well, it. Unless we talk search. to my manager. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Count. No problem. Just give me a couple, yes, a couple of minutes. A man married to a rag doll has been left distraught after his wife reportedly fell ill and was treated in an ambulance by paramedics. Oh, so the doll. The rag doll? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Christian uh, Monteneg- Montenegro, Montenegro uh, recently hit the headlines after revealing that he and his rag doll partner, partner Natalia, have welcomed their third rag doll baby into the world. Oh, is this one of these? Yeah. He married the doll so yep. he could get it. Uh... Passport and everything. No, Status. not that. He just he's he's a citizen in Bogota, Colombia, and so is the ragdoll. Right. Uh, so now the pair have shared another update from their controversial relationship. As it appears, the 27 year old's wife has taken a bad turn with her health. Oh, no. In a clip shared online, Mom. Christian uh, saw that his uh, shows that his wife is stretched out in the back of an ambulance while paramedics tend to her. In a video, she's not going to make be, it. He can be heard saying she's had a headache and fainted. I called you because I don't want her to die. She is the mother of my daughter. Everything will be fine, my love. He's got a daughter doll? The paramedics, yeah, he's got three kids. Uh, and the th- the paramedic replies, we're going to take her to the hospital and make sure that she is well. I'm going to take her vitals while appearing as if they're trying not to laugh while they were saying that. Uh, baffled users have rushed to the comment section in a clip to share their thoughts, uh, but it's unclear if the care for the paramedic is a prank or a genuine incident. Uh, the video has generated controversy with the controversy with local news sources saying Bogota Health Secretary has announced it will investigate the paramedics for treating a rag doll. So we'll see. Well, maybe for his mental sanity, they figured they would uh, go along yeah, with it. Just kind of appease right. him, yeah. Uh, dozens of crying Japanese babies faced off in a traditional crying sumo ritual oh, man. believed to bring the infants good health, which returned for the first time in four years after the pandemic. Pairs of toddlers wearing ceremonial sumo aprons were held up by parents who faced each other in the sumo ring at the Senzoji Temple in Tokyo on Saturday. Staff wearing uh, Oni demon masks tried to make their babies cry with the first to ball declared the winner by a sumo referee in an elaborate traditional uniform. That seems kind of cruel. Wooden fan used to signal victory. Yes, the crying sumo is held at shrines and temples nationwide. Uh, uh, Shigemi Fuji, the chairman of the Tourism Federation, which organized the event, said some people might think it's terrible to make babies cry. I do. He said, but in Japan, we believe babies who cry powerfully also grow up healthy. This kind of take this kind of event takes place in many places in Japan. Oh, 
Hadouken. In total, 64 babies participated in the ritual. Hadouken. All right, I'm going to do one more story and wrap it up. We'll end with this one. A former Houston TV anchor celebrating his recovery from a severe case of COVID by competing in an Ironman uh, broke both of his wrists on the fourth mile of the bike riding portion and still finish the race. Well, that's an Ironman. Yeah. Art Raskin, who was 60 years old, by the way, retired last year, uh, completed the 2.4-mile swim with no problems, uh, but still had a long way to go when he crashed his bike. He said, I just said, okay, this is just something I have to endure for the next 108 miles. I am Iron Man. And so he just continued. Uh, He said, every bump in the road, I literally screamed out loud in pain. Man. And then, after that, he went on to run the 26.2-mile marathon. So you broke both your wrists. Could you imagine competing in an Ironman uh, event after that? No. Yeah. I can't imagine competing in an Ironman event. Period. (laughs) He ran through the finish line at 15 hours, 16 minutes, and 37 seconds below the 17-hour limit. But, uh, yeah, he managed to do it big time. That's the last story that I have in the Bizarre File for you. Be back in a moment. hate it when some jerk on the radio says, hey, Alexa, open MMR. Uh, did it work? No? Okay, well, maybe, hey, Alexa, wake me up to WMMR every day at 6 a.m. And if that didn't work, just know that you can do that anytime yourself. You're welcome. Preston and Steve. Their name is their address. On on the web. PrestonandSteve.com. Football's back, and this Eagle season, there are huge prizes to be won at Acme. Enter Acme Swoopin' and Win Sweepstakes, and you could win up to $10,000 cash for 2024 Eagle season tickets. And all you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at acmeswoopinandwingame.com. Acme makes sure Eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in to discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Winter may seem like a strange time to replace the windows in your home, but with Window Nation, it's the perfect time. Right now, Window Nation is offering you 50% off all window styles. Plus, you can get 0% interest for five years. So get rid of those cold, drafty windows that are costing you more to heat your home. With savings this big, it's time to give Window Nation a look. It's easy. Simply call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com to get started. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. We are stoked to have our next guest here in the studio with us this morning. We've uh, talked about this yesterday. Uh, WrestleMania 40 is coming to the link. Huge. Uh, two nights at the yeah. link. That's yeah. how big this is. Yep. April 6th and 7th. And tickets are on sale tomorrow at Ticketmaster.com. So they're getting the word out. And we are happy to have with us this morning in our studio, Mr. Grayson Waller. Hey. I'm, I'm a bit stressed right now. How am I supposed to follow a kid with a mullet? Like, that's, a, that's a big guess that you got online. How am I supposed to follow that now? It's a supreme mullet, that kid. It was has. a very nice, almost an Australian mullet. Like, yeah. That's how good it was. I was, yeah. I was like, hey, I could, in Australia, I could see that. We like a good mullet. Aussie <laughs> mullets yeah. are, are very uh, competitive. It's part of the culture. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, if he yeah, yeah. was in Australia, he'd fit in quite well. Hey, uh, speaking of the culture, you've been taking in the Philly culture. You've been here for a couple days now, and I understand you've been making the rounds all over town. I have, I've been before. 
before, but the last time I came was in December. Okay. And I'll tell you what, it's a bit of a different vibe coming here when I can actually leave the hotel. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I went for a walk around yesterday, you know, when I saw the, you got to do the touristy things, you know, see the Rocky statue, I went right. to Reading Terminal, yeah. where all the food was. Yeah. Like, that was that was a good time. So I, I, it's very rare I have positive sa- things to say about the city, but <laughs> here I am. Did you swing by the link? Yeah. Did you actually go by the link? Where I haven't gone yet, but I'm going tonight for the game. So I was like, I'm going to save it for, for game time tonight. Okay. Oh, yeah. You um you got to hang out at the uh, Eagles training camp yesterday, and I was uh, talking to you uh, in the Acme Lounge earlier. You got to meet fellow Aussie Jordan Maialata? I did. I was very excited to meet Jordan because uh, we're actually from, like... <laughs> People want to know Australia is a very big place. Yeah, yeah. sure yeah. is. So when people go, oh, yeah. are you from Australia? Oh, you know Darren, do you? But me and John are actually, we're from about maybe five minutes away no at the way. same time. So when I got to meet him, we, we talked about some similar kind of areas and things like that. So oh, it was man. cool seeing two guys from a very small area. You know, Where do you hail from? Things. Specifically. Bankstown. Okay. Called what, Bankstown. What, what, closest? In Sydney. There okay. we go. Now we gotta, okay. I know. It, it, it is weird when people say, like, oh, you're from Philadelphia. Do yeah. you know Ed? Because there's obviously a, a multitude <laughs> of places. But Preston was asking earlier, so you're relatively young in uh, as far as the uh, the wrestling world goes, but you're taking it by storm. And I, I told Preston, I said, because we, we've gone a couple times. We're not live and breathe and bleed, um, you know, wrestling, but we love it. Having gone to matches oh. and having gone to, it is, there's no entertainment like it. And what you guys do is... Is, is an art unto itself, but you've cornered something. I think that um, it was just a perfect spot to fit in. The, 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 well, one of your idols is Ro- Rowdy Roddy Piper, right? That kind of character, a bigger than life character. Uh, was was that is that the kind of influence that got you into wrestling? Was that the first thing that caught your eye and said, "I want to be doing that"? Uh, well, I'm not a huge fan of the word character because if yeah. anyone knows me personally, like this is I know. who I am, and yeah, I think yeah. that's what. The, the best performers are like it's it's just that's it's you yeah um, but definitely people like Roddy and things like that people who can talk this is an entertainment business obviously what we do in the ring is unmatched like you go you have to go live that's yeah. the thing I always tell people people might be sketchy you know watching me on TV but if you go live you know you, if you go to Wrestlemania next year in Lincoln Financial and you see it in front of you it's a whole different experience but I'm very big on the entertainment aspect and being able to talk and I love talking trash so I know people at Philly love that type of thing <laughs> oh, yeah. there's nothing I love more than I get to go out and I get to say really really mean things to like legends <laughs> of, of, of the sport I get, to, I get to say horrible things to Shawn Michaels I got to say horrible things to Edge like not many people the can rock. say they've done that. The yeah. rock, I've been saying really horrible things about The Rock, but <laughs> he only came back at me once. I think he realized that, uh, you know, the trash talk has got to be better since uh, he was in the business and he's not ready for what I got. Uh, but but, but I, I can vouch because I'm watching a lot of you and, and catching up on your stuff. I mean, this is you. I mean, this is you essentially. And you said something that I thought was pretty cool. You said you're showing them respect by bringing your A game because you know they have the A game as well, correct? Very much so because... You know, you see, and this can be in any sport. Yeah. Um, but you see people coming in, and there's a legend of the game, and they show them too much respect, and then they don't play as well. You know, they they act like a fan. And obviously, in the past, I was a fan of wrestling. I grew up watching it. But the moment I got in to WWE, I I gave my fan card in because. I don't want to be just another guy. I want to be one of the best of all time. And I think going in there and saying the things I do and fighting them as hard as I can, that's how I show them the ultimate respect and say, thank you for what you did. Here's a slap in the face. And, dude, you're, you're funny. I mean, you're, you're, your interactions are, I mean, you just naturally, you, you've got that going for you. I have to ask, so there's this young upstart, and you have these guys who built their uh, their legends kind of doing similar stuff 
did they get it or have you really royally pissed somebody off? <laughs> it, it's funny because uh, I, I had some stuff with Shawn Michaels, who everyone knows. Uh, yeah. In NXT, he's running NXT right now. And uh, he actually said to me once, it, it's funny that... Uh, I kind of feel like I'm dealing with like the young me in a way. <laughs> I was and he's wondering. like, he thinks it's karma for everything he did in the past. Is now he's got me coming in, and now I'm making him deal with what, what he dealt with. Dealt with. Um, I love which is that. Funny, but I haven't had anyone like really, really not to my face at least. I'm because sure behind the scenes, you know, I say certain things, and especially online now too, because you see things. I'll tweet ridiculous things but when you read something rather than hearing it you don't get the context and all those type of things you don't get the sarcasm that I'm obviously from Australia I love my sarcasm people don't see that so some people do react certain ways but uh, I'm not too stressed about that Hey Grayson so uh, when you were getting started does Sydney have a a specific local wrestling scene and is that where you began? Yeah so I started at a place called PWA in Sydney which is pretty much the biggest uh, in Australia obviously not the same levels as it is here but we have huge names who've come from PWA uh, the icon who were in the WWE previously were both mm-hmm. PWA talent. Kyle Fletcher, who's doing some big things. Robbie Eagles in New Japan. We have a lot of ne- people who are over here now trying to take over because, unfortunately, in Australia, you, you, you can't make a living doing it. There's not enough of a scene there. Is oh. there is there because Japan has a pretty robust um you know love of American wrestling as well. Was was that an avenue for you as well? There was actually there was I was actually supposed to go to Japan originally, um but I ended up doing some reality TV instead and You were on Survivor it, Australia. Was on Survivor and it kind of all worked out perfectly I think because I made those decisions. The right person saw me on the right day for WWE and now th- this is where I'm thinking I'm supposed to be. You know, WWE is the biggest entertainment brand on the planet. Huge. And I think I'm an entertaining guy as much as I love getting in and fighting and wrestling and that type of thing. <laughs> I love entertaining the most, so yeah. I think this is where I'm supposed to be. What was that Survivor experience like, and was, how did you finish? It was the worst, man. Yeah? It's, it mm-hmm. sucked. Like, I always say, like, <laughs> people think it's like, you know, the cameras turn off and you get food. It's it's terrible. It's cold. They just <laughs> leave you. Like, 6 p.m., the... the the sun goes down. They just mm-hmm. go, all right, have a good night. Oh, yeah. No food or anything, but very good life experience. I got I got through halfway. I was too athletic. Mm-hmm. Casey, you, know, was it, it, you, you wanted to... I want to do it. You want to do I it. I want to I've do heard it. everyone yeah. say what you're saying is that it is absolutely... Unless you're Jeff Probst, it <laughs> sucks. <laughs> it does because yeah. you just... You, you, you saw, you do these challenges where you haven't eaten at all. You've got cuts everywhere. Um, but uh, I, I'm glad I did the, the experience though. You yeah. were too athletic? Yeah, you know the challenges and stuff. They were yeah. too worried about me because I'm going to win every challenge. Challenge, get yeah. the immunities, and the, so they had to get rid of me. They were like, "Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah too scared that of me. strategy." Yeah. yeah. So there is behind okay. the scene a little finagling because they got, they're they're like them. They're you know they're playing to the audience. They got to you know. If, if you watch too, like I I went in. Uh, being me, so yeah. when we went to the challenges, like I said, some some wild stuff to people on those. I don't think they were ready for what I was bringing. There. Yeah, <laughs> the problem is you're a big guy too, so you can say it. A lot of people go, oh, I'll just accept that. <laughs> uh, you know, it was wild to hear your you um uh, you did a little MMA, a little you've trained MMA. You haven't fought MMA, but you you are you're a fan of uh, Conor McGregor, and you uh, you were at the Eddie Alvarez uh, Conor McGregor fight at Madison Square Garden, correct? No, so so uh, being a big McGregor fan, I got to actually perform at Madison Square Garden recently with Edge uh, and I actually told the story that the night before I watched the Alvarez McGregor oh, fight again okay, yeah. like watched that again just to, to see Connor go into that historic venue and just be like this is my house now like that's that's the vibe I like I know some people don't respond to it I respond huge to it that got me really fired up I got you 
So, Grayson, I've never, uh, when growing up, I've never liked the loud mouth, okay? Uh, to, to oh, so it... you're a dork. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I'm going I'm to... This is the PTSD, you get bullied in high school <laughs> no, 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 or something? No, no. Yeah, hey, we can talk about it. We can have a little therapy <laughs> session later, it's okay. But it was, and we've talked about this many times on yeah. the air. It wasn't until later in life that I realized, and, and people who listen to the show, this is like a broken record because every wrestler comes in here, we, we mentioned this story. I Years later in life, I realized how much I actually loved Ric Flair. I hated him as a kid. I just thought he was mean, and how can this guy be this way? And I fought, found a video on YouTube, uh, a, a collage of him just freaking out, you know, yeah. just doing his thing. And I realized how much entertainment that yeah. guy gave me yeah. over the years. He's good at his And job. I loved him. And I even go back like like uh, Muhammad Ali. If I was uh, if I was of age when that guy was around doing his thing, I probably would have hated him. But in hindsight, I see what he was doing now. I see exactly what he was doing. And these sports need people like you, like him, like those guys. To make it all to, work. To yeah. get it going. It's you. Whenever you watch like a post-game interview and the, the the quarterback comes in and goes, oh, you know, the the boys went out and we tried really hard today. Oh, you know, it, it didn't didn't come. And it's like it's so boring. You know, it's just like you you have these guys who go out and just say what they really think. Yeah, and you know, be honest. Like they're real people. Where I feel so many times with athletes now, they're 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 too scared to do that because they're oh, worried it, about the backlash. But how dare it's, you? It's boring. Yeah, it's, and that's why WWE is great because. Yeah. They don't want us to be boring. You're they want exactly us to go right. out and say what we think and say what we feel. And that's why people come and watch our show. Like, it's great watching. I'm sure I'm going to enjoy the game tonight with the Eagles. But I know afterwards they're going to give some press conference and I'm going to fall asleep during it. Yeah. You want to apologize for your dork comment now? No, you're right. mate, <laughs> looking at your glasses, like the word dork wouldn't have been perfect. Like, I walked in. Like, I can see why this is a radio show, yeah. not a video podcast. Oh, Jesus. You know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. <laughs> You've talked about there, there's two parts of the of of wrestling. There's obviously the physicality, but it's the mic work, really. It, it's the, who's good on mic. And you've you've talked about John Cena, and John Cena's super solid. Who, who for your money, is the absolute best to ever take the mic in wrestling? Well, I think there's, there's different levels to it, and with with Cena. Recently, I actually had the opportunity to, to, to be in there with him, yeah, and standing across from him, and and he he's one of the best. Just because I think he puts so much effort into what he does. Like for some people, talking is, is natural, but when you get in in certain positions, you you want to take your time and have something that's that's ready to go. And and Cena is very good at that. I think right now, like the Miz too, I think he's very underrated in the sense that you can put him in any situation and he's going to be entertaining. Any it doesn't matter the interview wherever he is. Doesn't matter if it's the morning, the night. Like he's here and he he's selling you what what he's got. So I think he's someone that people need to talk about more too. Stephen mentioned. I'm sorry to interrupt, Steve. No, but your your show, the Grayson Waller Effect. Um, you're going to have uh, Ray Mysterio on. Yes, big um, legend of the game, Ray Mysterio. I had the chance. <clears throat> we went to Monday Night Raw years ago, and <clears throat> I'd never seen that guy live. That was wow. That blew me away. I mean, he's an acrobat. And he's I been mean, doing all it, you guys are acrobats. He's been doing it forty years, fifty years, sixty years. I don't know. He's been around a long time, but like, yeah. he's still at the top of his game. It's crazy, which is crazy to think about. But I don't know if you saw. Like, I've got him on the show this week, and uh, he won the United States Championship last week, which was which was huge for him. But his 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 best friend Santos Escobar was supposed to have the title match, got hurt. And then Ray kind of stole it. So, yeah. I don't know. I have some questions about the, the <laughs> ethics and the morality of the whole situation. You know, everyone thinks Ray Mysterio is this good guy. I, I have my suspicions. So, I, I'm going to have some questions for him on uh, Friday. No, no doubt. You, you're not just going to keep it to yourself. You're going to actually... Uh, oh, Ray, it's so nice to meet you. Can I get an autograph? No, I'm not like the fans in the locker room. I'm going to go out and I'm going to ask Ray Mysterio the real question. Uh, you know? Hey, can you be friends with people that you have matches with? Or is that... 
out of a question? I think you can. I, I choose not to because okay. it makes my life much easier when I'm standing across from someone and I don't like them. Uh-huh. Um, but with what we do, the travel, you're around each other all the time, you, you have to talk at some stage. Yeah. So you end up becoming more friendly with some people than others. Who are your that. buddies then? Who, 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 who's, who do you get? Who gets you? And uh, who are you? Well, I'm pretty new to the SmackDown right. roster. You know, I've only been up here a few few weeks. Right. Down in NXT, I had a few close mates kind of thing. Uh, so with SmackDown, I'm still trying to, I'll say, find my place right. up here. You know, at the moment, I'm kind of doing my own thing. And uh, I'm sure at some stage, someone will uh, get used to <laughs> the person that I am and deal with me for a few hours a day. Well, I think, you know, the rising tide raises all ships. And your visibility and what you do makes it, Good for everyone. It, it, it keeps the keeps the uh, wrestling world on everybody's uh, radar. So everyone benefits from somebody who can draw attention to to the sport. Very much. And SmackDown that I'm part of right now is on fire. It's like, unbelievable. You've got the Bloodline, who's like the best wrestling story in years, type of thing. You got guys like Austin Theory, LA Knight, um, Rey Mysterio, Edge, all the legends. Like SmackDown is on fire. So I feel very lucky to be where I am right now because that's, yeah. that's the hottest brand in wrestling right now. Uh, Grayson, I did for the first time this summer. I did my first shoey. Never, oh, never this is finally this is the kind of content yeah. I want to talk about. So we had we do this big live broadcast party for the beginning of the summer, and I I tried to encourage as many people to do it as possible. I, just, I thought it was Dorkapalooza. I know. I heard about it on the one. Uh, and so I, so we did it. A few people did it. I thought everybody would do the shoey. Uh, a decent amount did. Um, but uh, so afterwards, the only downside of it was I had to put my foot back in the shoe. Yeah, that's part of it, man. Is that that's, part of that's it? part of the pain. I don't know if you saw, there's a video I put up uh, recently. I actually talked to Jason Kelsey uh, at training camp and asked him if he would do it. He was very open to it. Okay. So, I don't know when it's going to happen. I feel like a post-Super Bowl shoey oh, yeah. has to happen. He was very excited, but you, the thing with a shoey is supposed to be a celebration. You know, you're not supposed to just do it all the time. Some people do the shoeys every weekend. You know, mm-hmm. that's like, it's a it's a cultural thing for a big celebration. So, I think a post-Super Bowl shoey yeah. is coming next all year. All right. Do any, like of the, any of the bars in Australia take advantage of that? Or like special shoey cocktails? You know what's always have this, to be this, beer. This is the funny thing. Australian bars are, are pretty strict. Really? Like, I don't think I could get away with doing a shoey in Australia. Like, you might, but like a lot of places you're getting kicked out. In America, they don't care what you do. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's been bars. I'll just get the shoe out, do the shoey in the bar, and yeah. security don't even look at you. <laughs> you know where you are? Are we? Yeah. Do you have a favorite beer? Uh, Foster's. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, no no so way. Yeah, man. Even you say Budweiser, you know, but like uh, Philly's a great beer town. Yeah. There are a lot of really cool beers in the city, and uh, so if you want to try a bunch, you can. I'm I'm probably going to do that tonight. Like not with you. I know you're trying to ask me out, but I'm, yeah. you know, I've come to Philly to meet the women of Philly, not not you, Nick. Uh, I know. So like, thank uh, you for the invite. Though. I know two women. You know two women. Your yeah. mum and your sister. That's, <laughs> right. That's cool. That's very exciting for you. Yeah. Are you Are you single, by the way? I am single. I'm okay. an Australian in America. Like yeah, in WWE. Are you oh. kidding me? This is the greatest thing ever. Listen, you, had, you had it with accent. just the accent. Yeah, it's, yeah. A trick. it's a trick. It's yeah. a handy dropper. Yeah. yeah. You could look like me and talk like you, and you would get chicks. Come on, man. We don't go that far. <laughs> there's, there's, limits to, there's limits to the accent. There's some ugly blokes in Australia who could, who could do anything here. But, like, I'm sure you could get better than what you're doing now. You, know? you could get to a four or a five if you had the accent. 
It could help. It could help. <laughs> to a four or a five. <laughs> yeah. That gives you six more slots. You know, because Casey told me good. before, man, he gets tens. You know, yeah. he gets two threes and, yeah. uh, and a four. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. sick. Good yeah. for you, man. Yeah. Wait, wasn't there a group of guys years ago yes. going around? With, and was it the they Australian were, accent? They were fake faking in Australia. So I have a quick story about that. So I've been to the States a few times before. I was dating this girl who went to ECU. Okay. I went to a frat party and I went off to play beer pong and have a good time and she's off talking to some bloke. Yeah. I'm not too stressed. So then I walk over and she goes, Matt, oh my God, you got to meet this guy. He's from Australia. And I was like, no way, mate. How's it going? And the, the, oh, the look of death no. in this guy's eyes when he had to say to me, I'm not actually uh, from Australia. I was, And he ran off. This bloke was putting on an Australian accent yeah. to get with this girl. Uh, and then somehow there's one Australian at this random frat party who's come and called him out and he had to leave. Grayson, it actually was, it was in the paper about, and they were doing a survey of women and they found the Australian accent, the absolute... Sexiest, and so I'm and, trying to get a yeah. green card, so I'm going to use it to my advantage. You know? <laughs> yeah, and so this, these dudes were going around, and they were pretending that they had the accent. So it's probably they would, like, pretty go common. Out on yeah. the weekend, and they would put on the accent. Yeah, wow. the bars, you know, the parties. American girls, they're very smart, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. So with with the uh, with the MMA and with the uh, with how long did you train? Who did you train with? Is, is it something that you, it, it, I mean, do you do you follow? Is there any? I mean, you've got the world by the proverbial balls with the, the wrestling right now, but is that's something that even remotely interests you? Yeah, I, I did it for about six years. Um, I'm a huge UFC fan. I'm still a big fan. You know, I get to as many of the fights as I can. Um, I trained with uh, Rob Whitaker, who was the previous UFC middleweight champion. Right, so, right. Like, I trained with him when I was like 18, 19. But it was just, it just wasn't for me. You know, I, there was something missing. And when I started doing the wrestling, I was like, this this is what I want to do. It's just like a certain certain amount of entertainment value. They're like, oh, it, this was for me. So as much as I like, I still enjoy the training and that type of thing. It's just, I'm, I'm doing what I love now. And this is, this is the dream. I read that you broke your leg or earlier this year. I did, Was yeah. that a work-related injury? Yeah, or? so okay. I, I did a, a, an elbow drop through the announce table at NXT. It was actually my last NXT match before I got drafted to SmackDown and I mm. snapped oh, my man. fibula mm. in half, which 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 was terrible. But uh, it actually gave me the opportunity to, to do the talk show. Like, not many people know that the first few talk shows I did, I actually had my boot on because my leg was still broken. Wow. Uh, but because I can talk so good and I look so good, <laughs> I think I'm the first wrestler to debut with a broken leg like <laughs> and get TV time with a broken leg. When that happens, when when an injury like that happens, uh, you know, how quickly does this go to, uh uh-oh, you know? So it's weird. You've obviously got the adrenaline stuff. So when I did it, I knew something was kind of wrong, but Mm -hmm. I kept going. Uh, And then I have my my move that I do where I dive into the ring, do a roll into a stunner. And when I dove, like, my leg just wasn't there. It was probably the worst pain I've ever had in my life. Um, Drag myself backstage. And it's very, like... A emotional kind of situation because you can see like we, we need to be healthy for what we do so yeah. it's like that kind of stress of like can I keep doing what I'm doing you don't know how serious the injury is at the time you know yeah. and somehow the doctor said oh it's okay you've just broken your leg which I thought was a really bad thing um, but apparently not. Apparently breaking your leg is good because that was six, six to eight weeks compared to ligaments and things like that where you're yeah. out that eight to ten months. Is there is there a backup plan you have? I mean, because you guys just destroy your bodies. I mean, you're professionals. You know what you're doing, but anything can happen in that ring. Well, I was very smart. Like, uh, I, I started training a little bit later than everyone else because I went and got a degree. I'm a, I'm a, you won't believe this, but I'm a former high school teacher. Um, so I always wanted history to do that. and English? History and English. So yeah. I wanted to have... Um, so you're the guy that does the research. I do the research. research. Steve's a good guy. I, I know about you. Um, I'm the dork. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so I always wanted to have a backup plan because, as you can say, you, you just never know. But now that I'm in the wrestling, like there's so many opportunities. Like if 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 the wrestling doesn't exist, I'd be a great commentator. I'd be a great interviewer. I love coaching, being a teacher. So mm. I'd love to go down to 
NXT and, and coach the next generation. So I think there's a lot of avenues in wrestling, even if you're not wrestling anymore. And that's you see so many legends now who give back afterwards by doing the coaching, doing the announcing, doing all these cool little things and still being around for the, the next gen. Well, it's the obvious progression because you talk about The Rock, Cena, these guys who, and we've said it, we say it countless times, you guys have a skill set that just makes you totally applicable to movies, to acting. Is that something that you're you're looking at now or are you saying, no, uh, this is all in on this, we'll keep going and if that happens down the road or, or would you court something now if it came your way? Obviously, if there's opportunities, you've, you've got to take them. But for right now, my goals are in WWE. Like, yeah. I, I haven't achieved anything that I want to achieve yet. Right. Despite being on SmackDown, you know, I want to win championships. I want to headline WrestleMania. I want to do all those things. So that's the focus. But, um, you know, if Margot Robbie sends me a message like, hey, I need someone for the Barbie 2, <laughs> right. you know, I'm not turning down Margot Robbie, you know. You've got to take the opportunities when right. they come. And she owes you, too. She's a, she's we're a both former Australians. Like, yeah. we're pretty close, you know. <laughs> um, with WrestleMania, what is going to be your role? Who are you Fight. What, what's going on when that when that comes to town to the link? Well, or do we know yet? No idea yet. We still okay. got a long way to go. The road to WrestleMania hasn't even started. But that's the exciting thing about what WrestleMania is. Tickets go on sale tomorrow. Yeah, people are going to buy these tickets. They don't even know the card. But that's because. WrestleMania always delivers yeah. Yeah, it does. every single time. And you have so many guys at the top of their game right now. You know, you've got, you got someone like Cody Rhodes who's in Philly right now yeah. doing the best work of his entire career. You know, what could he be doing? Roman Reigns, the, the champion for so many, over a thousand days. What's he going to be doing at WrestleMania? There's so many questions that haven't even really started to be answered yet. But I think Grayson Wall is going to be part of that in some way. Uh, it appears to be the case, yeah. The production at these events is just, it's incredible. Does the... Uh, do, you, do those uh, pyrotechnics ever catch you off guard? Like, you don't know when stuff explodes at <laughs> yeah, these events, yeah. so man. Backstage, there's like a red light that will like start going off to, if you're backstage. So you can kind of know, oh, uh, pyro about to happen, you know? No, I okay. wondered about that. But when you're getting ready for a match, you're focused, you might be going out in 10 minutes and you're just like shadow boxing or whatever yeah. else, then all of a sudden you don't notice the red light. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah, it's terrifying. I'm not lying. <laughs> I think that's why I don't have pyro, because I feel like I might react being out there. I don't know how they do it. No, it is distracting, but it's got to be so cool. I mean, you're there and, you, you know, mm. that many thousands of people are hanging yeah. on what you're doing. Hold it, you know, and you talk about the mic aspect of it. Do you ever get, is it hard to not get lost in the moment and go, mother of God, I can't believe I'm here. Uh, for me, no. Yeah. Because this is this is what I'm supposed to do. I, right. I, I look at it as work now when yeah. I go out there. And, and when I went out there with John Cena in the O2 Arena in London, that's 20,000 sold out, yeah. loud as can be. But I felt like I'd been there before because I, I, I work hard for this. You know, I've been there in my brain before. So I'm not going to be the person who goes out there and gets caught up looking around like, oh, wow, this is too big for me. Yeah. This is as big as it should be for me. I should be in these positions. I should be in front of those crowds. I and, love it. Yeah. And that, that's who I am. Uh, speaking of England, you recently or at least in June, had uh, visited uh, uh, England and uh, had called it a mediocre version of Australia. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to expand on that at all? (laughs) It's true, it is. It's like, imagine if, like, Australia didn't have the really nice beaches. uh, If the... The, the, the hot women didn't have access to dental care. And if the beers were just a little bit less, like, that's basically what England is. Like, it was cool to be there, but I'm like, oh, this is this is just like if my, my country was terrible. <laughs> All right. Insult our country. Oh, dude, you don't want me to start in America, man. Like, you know, I'm, I'm traveling around now, so I get to see, like, I was in Detroit recently. Like, what an absolute hole that place is. <laughs> like, people get excited for travel, and I just feel like I'm traveling hole to hole. Like, everywhere I go, I'm just like... Like a proctologist. Like a god. Yeah. I think yeah. you got the video up. I went to New York City. 
man, yeah. for such a, a famous place, that place stinks. Yeah. It, it does. It does. Literally. 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 It literally smells. Literally stepping over people on yeah. the ground. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was just like, why would people live? And it's expect Like, I have yeah. to pay thousands to live here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I don't understand. I live in Florida. That's a beautiful oh. place. Like, oh. the rent's not as bad as New York. Like, why would I spend money to live in New York of all places when I could go live in... In, in Florida, like where the sun's out, like I just can't believe the decisions people make in this country. It yes, smells true. exactly as it looks. Yeah, it wrong. does, and they, I had one of those like the hot dogs they have on the side of the road. Oh, God, no. It was like three dollars. I'm like, I overpaid for this thing. Yeah. The guy was like rubbing it on his sweaty chest like, to warm it up. Like I don't know. Warm it up. See, now, now, you, now you now you're glad that I said nice things about Philly because it's very yeah. very rare I say nice things. Yes. Yes. I had a great time in Philly yesterday. I walked around for about half an hour, uh, went around the city. Had a great time. Excellent. Had a great time. So I have only positive things. Well, we made made up for December when you had a horrible time. Yeah, Yeah, that was freezing, man. I was like, I don't know how I feel about this place. (laughs) Yeah. Well, WrestleMania 40 at the link is going to be in April, which is beautiful in Philadelphia that time of year. April 6th and 7th. The tickets are on sale tomorrow at Ticketmaster.com. Grayson, we are so glad you came by here today, man. It's great to meet you. You're welcome. You guys need the Grayson Waller rub, so I came on here to, you know, give you guys a bit of clout. But I'm telling you guys, WrestleMania, if you've never seen wrestling live, this is the time to see it. On TV, it's, yep. it's great. But live, especially in Lincoln Financial Field, yeah. I'm sure we're going to have Jalen Hurts there bringing out the Lombardi Trophy too. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully he comes out for an entrance with me. We'll have Jason Kelsey doing shoeies. It's going to be a big celebration <laughs> WrestleMania next year. It's awesome. going to be huge. No, Tickets absolutely. on sale tomorrow at 10 a.m. Ticketmaster.com. Let's hear it for Grayson Moore. Yeah. Thank you, boy. Thank you, sir. Yeah. All right, we are going to take a break. We'll come back in just a second. Stay with us, friend. If you think Jackie Bam Bam is colorful on the radio, just wait till you see him in this year's Mummers Parade. MMR's beloved nighttime host once again struts his stuff down Broad Street in Philly's New Year's Day tradition. So if you're heading downtown, cheer him on. If your plans include the couch and nursing a hangover, well, then text Mummer to 39333. We'll text you a link and let you know the how and when to catch Jackie on TV. Plus, check out a gallery of Jackie Bam Bam's award-winning Mummer costumes from the station that loves being a Philadelphia tradition, too. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks Philly. I guess he's on the line. He's ready to go and is going to be at the Met this weekend. Two shows on Friday, 7 and 30 p.m. Get tickets at themetphilly.com. And we are very excited and thrilled uh, to welcome Mr. Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. Hey. Good morning. Jerry, good morning. Hey, uh, thank you for coming on, first of all, Jerry. Happy that you're coming to Philly. And I, I wanted to start off asking, um, in the earlier days of your career, was, was Philly a spot you would come to and perform? I think, I'm pretty sure, there was one gig in Brooklyn that I that everybody did called Pips. But there was uh, the very first real job I ever had as a comedian was at Grandma Minnie's. No kidding. Huh. Does yeah. anybody remember that no. name? I've heard no. the name. I'm, I'm I remember it, Pips. Yeah. I'm from New York, and it was uh, that was the the Sheepside Bay, and uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, it, it's weird. For the longest time here, uh, Jerry, there was you know David Brenner had his club, and there was but there was a, a period of a, kind of a drought, and now stand up uh, venues. There are a couple of them around the area, and we're you know generating some some good talent. But uh, it, it's great to have you return to the area. I, I have to say, virtually every week, uh, I watch the 
the clip of uh, Comedians in Cars. I just love it. It's you with Norm MacDonald, who we all adore. And um, yeah. <laughs> there's something about your genuine, sincere reaction to him recounting an episode of Kojak <laughs> that just levels me. It, and, it, and it kills me. And nobody... It kills me. <laughs> <You're> a hooker. <laughs> she was a hooker. <laughs> it's, not, it's not even a joke. It's just the way that show was. And that he... The, the funny the thing is that he focuses on that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right? That's what made him so funny. The things that he focused on. I think that's all of comedy. People, you know, they ask these stupid questions or you talk about politics or your yeah. life. It doesn't, if you focus on some small weird thing, that interests everyone because we all do that. Yeah, it is It is that nuance. I think early, and, and you've always been, you know, just in my comedic realm and inspiration and, uh, you know, what I appreciated about it, it was always been, been you at the at the forefront. And you, I remember years ago, you talked about, again, that observation that almost makes you slap the side of your head. Like, of course, and yeah. in TV shows, it was common to see a character walking almost upright through air conditioning <laughs> ducts. And you yeah. you point out, where are these, where are these buildings? But that have you always been possessed of that that acute observation or was it something that came to you over time no i think i've never been interested in what life is actually about (laughs) (laughs) uh, the big issues do not interest me they're too big and i can't solve them anyway yeah so let's talk about uh, the hair on the wall the shower what do you do about it (laughs) yeah yeah, it, because it, it really, everyone can relate to uh, that uh, uh, to someone at, I, at that point. Yeah. I still, to this yeah. day, when I see one sock in the dryer <laughs> that's stuck to the wall, I think of you immediately, Jerry. And that's it's because those things happen, and we're like, "Yeah, he's this right." My very earliest stuff. I've been talking now about the uh, the people that went uh, to see the Titanic, right? In that little ship. Oh, yeah. The little sub. Right, yes. And, you know, uh, gathering all of these morons together at the bottom of the ocean. Uh, whoever built the sub, the people that were on the Titanic, the captain, we, it's like a, it's like a, it's a moron convention at the bottom of the ocean. Jesus. And it's such a funny reaction from the audience where they feel so bad at first to laugh at that and then they get into it. Well, uh, you're right. There's a rolling series of huge mistakes that were glaring to everyone. Everyone, even along with yeah. the Titanic, they they were told not to travel at that velocity. They were told there were ice packs. Uh, yeah. So I don't think it's really erroneous to say that there was a lot of stupidity that now rests at yeah. the bottom of the ocean. Um, that, how dark it is down there that the fish, you know, they have eyes like Shelley Duvall, a bendy straw with a work light hanging off the front of it. That's how dark it is. <laughs> um, I, I thought I was reading an interview with you, Jerry, and, I, and you might have been on Stern when you talked about this or whatever. And I, my, I was like a, a revelation about how Abbott and Costello influenced the Seinfeld series. And you oh, yes. and I'm like, of course, I've always been a huge, huge fan of Abbott and Costello. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, oh, you're old. Yeah, I am. I, I'm, an, I'm a fossil. And uh, but uh, yeah, and they would repeat it, the shows all the time. And um, it all made sense because I, I yeah. think one of the edicts on the series when you were do, you and uh, Larry were putting it together, uh, no hugging, no learning, just mm-hmm. right all about the comedy. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, I never saw vaudeville, but 
Abbott and Costello and, and some of the, you know, the Marx Brothers films that were, had a resurgence in the 60s and 70s, you'd hear those rhythms that they used in those days really, really fast. I mean, if you watch a Marx Brothers movie today, they are talking faster than any comedy that uh, you can watch on TV. And people, you know, I, I never buy into this people's attention spans are shorter stuff. I right. don't believe that. I think uh, comedy, um, it's the rhythm and the speed and the, how quickly things are happening that makes it fun. I think the, uh, the the Susquehanna Hat Company, the Bagel Street, that whole skit. Oh, God, I mean, yeah. we, you, the, and that's basically you, uh, you guys walking down the street in New York yeah. and encountering these people. And quite often, sociopathic people. That's right. <laughs> right. No explanation for why they were so mean and evil. Yeah. <laughs> we never explained it. It was because it was. Uh, people used to ask me, why did I dislike Newman? We never came up with a reason. You never did. <laughs> no reason. <laughs> he didn't like you either. And in life, sometimes you don't need a reason. <laughs> right. um, I'm, I'm wondering if, you have, if, you're, uh, if you've seen any, because everyone talks about, oh, there's a collection of unlikable characters. Whenever I'd hear a criticism of Seinfeld, and, and I'm like, well, well, but you do end up liking them because they're all those elements we all have at some point or another in our lives. I'm, I'm curious if you're uh, a fan or if I've seen it's always sunny in Philadelphia because that show to me um, is sort of a a, um, a, a child of, of a Seinfeld dynamic. I always heard that, but I'm sorry to say I've never I don't really watch much TV except for sports. And I I, I never saw that show, but I did. I have heard that a lot. Yeah, that there was a similar tone to it. Yes. Yeah. As a Mets fan, are you uh, even dialed into the um to the playoffs that are starting today yes, at all? Of course, of course. Baseball's baseball, and, and I'm I'm hoping it's Philly Atlanta. I, I think oh. that oh, would be a hell yeah. of a series. I wasn't sure if because I'm a huge sports fan as well, and my, my team's not in the playoffs. Uh, sometimes I, I don't actively root for somebody as much as I just uh, actively root against a team. I don't know if you're the same way. I'm the same. I, what I find really interesting is you'll sit down and watch a game. You have could care less about either team. And within minutes, you've picked someone you want to win. <laughs> right? It's true. I'm like, I wait, why? why? That, I don't know where that comes from. I have, you know, I, I don't pay a whole lot of attention to college football, but on Saturdays, it's on the TV. And it'll be like Tulane versus like St. George's. And I'm like, I think I'm going St. George's today. You know? <laughs> right. You pick a color or a guy you like. Or, oh, it's so dumb. That's how desperate we are to, to watch sports. No, how much of your early football fandom is based on the helmet? What, what's you know when oh, you're yeah. yeah I mean that's why I like the Buccaneers <laughs> right it's all part of it mm-hmm. uh, yeah. so uh, who when uh, do you have a particular obviously you know um, Tom Papa is a, a good friend of the show I know he's a, a good friend of yours as well and and, yeah. and Gaffigan uh, do, do you are you all sports minded will you occasionally take in um, uh, games together or are you the the one and only that goes to games yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, no, uh, we all go. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Jerry, I found a clip of you from 1979 yesterday, and it's you talking about Neil Armstrong and the Smithsonian and, and, his, uh, and his toothbrush and uh, how it was on loan. Yeah. yeah, it's a great... 100% true. <laughs> it's a great bit. Um, I'm, I'm curious as to whether or not you ever watch your old clips, because when I watched that, it, your New York accent was much more pronounced than it is today. Oh, yeah. Yes, it was. Definitely. Def- in the late 70s. I didn't... You know, when you ha- when you speak with an accent, you don't know it. Yeah, you hear somebody else talk, but I don't understand why accents even exist at this point. 
Was it a conscious effort for you to um, uh, lose it some over the years? Yeah, I mean, it took, it took two days. <laughs> <laughs> two long days, uh, and you eradicated your New York accent. Yeah, don't stay here to here. Stay here to here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty simple. Yeah. So I, I have there's to... Still like a li- there's still a little tiny bit in there that you can tell you're from New York. There's still a little bit. It's good comedic attitude. People like, uh, you know, a Philly accent, New York accent. They're funny. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I, I I'm I'm uh, I lived a long while in Massapequa, uh, Jerry, and uh, oh, no kidding, absolutely. And I have to say, and it's a funny thing, and if you'll you'll get this, but you'd, any diner you would go in, you'd see a Jerry Seinfeld picture, <laughs> a Telly Savalas picture, and an Ernie Anastas picture. <laughs> and Whoa, you, Ernie Anastas, yeah, Telly Savalas, <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I never back to Kojak. Yeah, <laughs> I never understood. And Ernie Anastas was a, was a Greek news anchor on. ABC, so I guess a lot of the diners were Greek, but um, yeah, Massapequa. How? 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 Um, oh, right, Greek. Yes, yeah. How? How? Uh, how much did that area and and growing up in New York and 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 the whole vibe and dynamic inform your your comedy? A lot, actually, in a weird way. Guys on Long Island, and I, I have no explanation for it. Uh, the, the humor is intense. They are really. I, I I knew so many people. Almost everybody was funnier than me in school, and a lot of the guys when I had odd jobs, and uh, they were really really funny. And uh, I just wanted to stay in that world. That that was how I really chose to be a comedian. I said I can't leave this. I love spending most of the day just laughing and saying stupid things. So that's why I I, I tried to do it. But definitely there is a a very strong uh, comedic culture in Long Island. Yeah, I think as much as New York, which is a little different. Uh, I wanted to try to think of it, Jerry, because you've been interviewed by so many people. I wanted to try to think of a question maybe to ask that no one has ever asked you before. So I'm going to ask you this. And since we're speaking about your past, who in your life, other than your direct family, have you stayed in touch with the absolute longest? Who goes back the furthest in your life and why do you stay in touch with them? The furthest would be uh, my friend uh, Chris Messiano. Uh, from 1971, that would be uh, 10th, 11th grade. We're still, uh, we still talk, we still hang out. Awesome. Um, that, that's as far back as I go, 10th grade. The closest of friends or somebody you just kind of reach out to every now and then? Yeah, the closest of friends then and still today. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I, I still feel so attached. I don't know. I'm very intrigued by this uh, salmon instinct we all have of <laughs> yeah. going back to where we started. Mm. Um, I don't know why, you know, we're not going to we don't go back and mate like this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's natural. That, that I, circle. I don't know why we want to complete a circle. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't know. To prove to ourselves that we got absolutely nowhere in life. <laughs> <laughs> right back to the beginning. Jerry, um, yeah. what? With your fame and, uh, you know, the TV show and still doing stand-up and traveling. And I know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you have, you collect cars and things like that. What do you do yeah. to kind of relax and, and de-stress? Um, I don't want to de-stress. I don't want to <laughs> relax. I'm, I, you know, uh, people always say to me, would you ever consider retiring? And I always say, yes, if I could figure out which part of my life is the work part. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. You know, yeah. Well, that's great. I, I, I go to work to work to relax, recharge, and get ready to go home. 
Yeah. That's yeah. great. He, okay. I was watching an old 60 Minutes with you, Jerry, and you were talking about that. that, that a sk- well, you did a lot of research. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's an old... It's You're an old, Jerry Seinfeld. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We're not phoning this in. We've been waiting for this interview. This isn't Ron Palillo. Yeah, we, we're... Uh, so, um, you were talking about a skill that a comedian has to develop is the ability to wait. To wait for things. And, yes. and, and And that is so true, just in general. Now, obviously, we're doing radio, but it, there is so much waiting that is involved. Have you... Have you figured out the key to that, or is it still something that haunts you? Uh, nothing haunts me. Well, the, the key to waiting, I, I don't know what it is, but, uh, yeah, comedians have to learn to idle. You have to, like, mm. like a car just double parked waiting. <laughs> um, when, when I got married, I don't know why, but one of the things I really wanted to do was take my wife to a store, double park, and just sit in the car and wait for her. Because <laughs> I used to see old guys doing that when I was a kid. Uh, yeah, that's great. I really wanted to do that. I'd just sit there, listen to the radio, and wait for her to come out of the store. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, waiting, uh, we don't wait anymore, though. You know, there's no boredom anymore. I think that's a really weird new thing. You know, there's no lateness anymore. If you're 10 minutes late, nobody cares. They're busy on the phone. Yeah, you're yeah. exactly right. Yeah. 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 You go to any airport and uh, everyone's on their phones or on their iPad. There's there's no there's no there's looking no at the waiting. Yeah. Yeah. Deciphering the pattern in a wall. <laughs> it's a, yeah. you, you, have, you have a whole yeah. computer with you all the time. Yep. Well, people. I, I talked to this guy recently who told me he was uh, spending 45 minutes a day doing nothing as a skill. <laughs> like he would go sit in the park with his dog or something. And huh. I thought that was very interesting. And I tried doing it. It's actually not that hard to do because your brain just starts, uh, things start happening. Right. And uh, it's very relaxing, very nice. But some people might see that as difficult to do, like to avoid reaching into their pocket and pulling out that phone during those moments. You have to actively do that. It's an addiction. Yeah, it's hard. yeah, it's a little game. Let's see if you can just sit for 45 minutes and do nothing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it's a challenge. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. I might try today. <laughs> well, listen, Jerry, we know you got to run, but uh, we really appreciate the time. We've been wanting to talk to you for years, so this is fantastic. That's and a pleasure for me. Thank you very much. Friday night at the Met, 7 to 9.30. Thank you so much. Jerry Seinfeld Live, guys. Thank you. Thank you. All right, take care. So he will be, tickets are on sale now at themetphilly.com. Uh, our next guest is on the line and ready to go. We love this man. Uh, he has got a new book out, Misfits. Yeah. Growing up awkward in the 80s, relatable uh-huh. to me. Uh, please welcome our good friend, Mr. Gary Goldman. Yeah. Gary, we were looking at this deadpan look on your face, and we thought, we must have upset Gary. No, I I just, it's it's disappointing that Jerry needs to sell tickets. Yeah. <laughs> you, would think, you would think it would be already sold out, that he wouldn't need to come on and, and plug. But, I mean, I hold a resentment because in 1993, I was broke, and I... I bought his book, and it was just his act typed up. So I've, I've been vowing revenge ever since. You've been vowing revenge on Jerry Seinfeld? Yeah, I, I assure you my my book is not just my act typed up and bound. It is, right. a, it is a true memoir. By the way, your book is getting great reviews. Uh, let me read a little bit here. It says, this is, a, this is no ordinary book about growing older and growing up. Goldman has an astonishing memory and takes the reader through every year of his childhood education with a obsessively details uh, that are in turn funny, alarming, and riotously funny. That's pretty damn good. That's a really good review. Yeah, I'm very grateful for the 
reception and also for being back on the on the show i i haven't i haven't seen you guys in a in a while so i really appreciate you having me on uh listen i'm going to see you i already bought my tickets for your show uh at the tla on december 10th and uh you can get tickets at gary I, I don't know if it's sold out or not i'm if it's not i think it's, I, I think it's sold out but the but the book is still available and if you come to the show i am happy to sign and take a picture with you on the the book. I've I've had a really great time in in doing meet and greets after the after the show, which I I haven't been able to do because of of the COVID for a while. But I I had it so recently that I feel safe. All right. Well, I um I'm just looking forward to a new hour of material from you. You're like one of my favorite comedians, and I'm telling you, you're and anybody listening right now. Listen to his album uh, from 2016. It's called It's About Time. And I'm on iTunes right now. What I find funny is that uh, they have it broken down into your top songs. So these- oh, yeah, they always <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and I think your best song from that album uh, is, I don't know, like, I, I love the, the, no, the state abbreviations. The state abbreviations. That but was it, I've, yes. I've read that your Trader Joe's bit is your magnum opus. And I got to tell you, it is so well crafted. And I want to ask about when you're crafting something like that because it it's like a half hour joke and um the the tangents that you go off i know that they're all choreographed but when you're writing that like how long do you labor over something that magnificent well it it seems that i'm allowed to make a special every three years or so okay so if if i've had a joke from the beginning of a of a tour say it'll I'll be able to play with it for for a few years, and I think that's really that's really helpful. So between one and three years, I probably have a a joke, and I just keep adding to it. If you see me at the beginning of a of a of the year on tour, by the end of the year, you'll you'll see a a, a longer, more flushed out, more. Um, Polished joke. I uh, getting back to your your book, Misfit. Growing up awkward in the eighties. I want to thank you for a two word Easter egg that you threw out, and in, in, I believe it was that special in two thousand sixteen. That if you don't get it, it doesn't matter. But I got it. But when you threw out a show enough, I was like, dude, <laughs> like sure. that is straight up like eighties. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was gonna say the Golden Child. Uh, no, it's Last Dragon. Last, Last Dragon. Dragon. <laughs> show enough. Yeah. Show yeah. enough. Yeah. <laughs> so. The master now, <laughs> Leroy. 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 There's a show. I believe it's on Shutter. Uh, it's a documentary, and it is all about those movies of the '80s, and and oh. and they're just one right after another, and they're just singularly wonderful. The amount of statutory rape that took oh my place God. in the 1980s. If you watch, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah. What was what was okay, but. It, it everything in its time, yes. right? Everything yes. in its time. Yeah, it's interesting though. We didn't have memes back then, but we had memes. We had these little Bill Murray quotes and and from Karate Kid or from The Last Dragon that we would say under different circumstances, and everybody knew what we were talking about. It was that was a, also a fun aspect of the eighties that. The 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 pop culture may not have been very highbrow, but we shared it, and you could go into school after a Tuesday night, and everybody had seen the episode where where Fonzie uh, jumped the shark, and it was it was on the tip of everybody's tongue. It was it was just a, a 
really odd time. Yeah. I was the I was the prince of my mall. That was another cool thing. My mom worked at a Hallmark store <gasps> oh. and couldn't afford a couldn't afford a babysitter. So she would let me just walk around the mall for four hours. Gary, my mom worked at a candy store in the mall. A candy <laughs> store. Not only did I get to roam around the mall, but I was able to barter with everyone from the candy I got from the candy store. The mall was- hookers you could buy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. That's a, yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. The mall I, I sort of was was in I guess third grade and living like fast times at Ridgemont High. So I knew all the the mall teens and they would give me orange Julius and hot dogs and candy and and I didn't I didn't barter. They just they just saw me as kind of a mascot. Dude, it, it was you would literally go You'd be excited for to go to the mall yeah. and spend the whole day. No, yeah. no, no end result. Simply being there yep. was was an entree to possibility. Yeah, yes, and would go without any money or three dollars yeah. to get to get food. <laughs> And and or sometimes I'd go to this arcade and I was all out of money in in less than eight minutes and and had to kill time throughout the mall. But loved every moment of it. Yeah, yeah. you could you can find change here and there. Yeah, the, sure. Under and the, the, go to the arcades, under the machines, or in a, in a phone, or yeah. you know, yeah. stumble across or people's wallets, yeah. something. But I mean, yeah, you could be there all day long, and it was essentially it was kind of a nightclub for kids. It really it was. was right? yeah. It was a yeah. nightclub for kids. Yeah. Exactly. Were you a, were you a pot smoker in the in the 1980s, Gary? No, no, I I I was the one person the war on drugs worked on. I didn't, I didn't, they spent a trillion dollars to keep me off smack, and, and everybody else I knew smoked weed and drank, and and there wasn't much cocaine, but it was it was available, much. and I just I I was so. Aff- Afraid. I was the one person who saw those videos and said, "No, I, I, I don't want to jump off a, a building because I'm a high because pot leads to this, leads to that. It was such nonsense and a waste of money. I felt that I needed every last bit of intelligence and and uh, wind power to to uh, achieve." What I wanted to achieve, which was basically to uh, kiss a girl, that that was all I wanted, <laughs> and Mission the only one. way I could think of that was, yeah, to be to be either rich or really good at sports. <laughs> right. Well, well, you you well. Listen, the book is getting stellar reviews. Yep. Uh, so, and and I don't know, I don't know if this is even possible down the road, but uh, does this get made into some sort of nostalgic movie? Does this does this uh, is that a potential? Yeah, I mean, there's an aspect of it which was my my ill-fated college football career that I'm working on a feature with with J.J. Abrams and Ira Glass. So that's that's part of it. But also, some people have have asked about optioning the book. What what I would love to do is do a a Jewish version of the of the Simpsons, and <laughs> and not the religious aspect. Just I've I've never seen my level of Judaism captured on on television i i i think it's very interesting because we weren't all that religious but we held on to a lot of the superstitions and the the jewish sort of pessimism and and uh ethical and and moral obsessions that'd be interesting yeah yeah Yeah. uh gary with the book with the misfit is there an audio companion to it because i'm an audiobook guy 
Yes. Excellent. And it's, yes, it, and I, I read it, and and it was it was really fun to do because I've been on the other end of that for for years. I'm a big audio guy. Whenever I'm on long drives or or uh, I used to run long distance, and I would listen to books, and it's just a a great way to to do two things at once. I, I love audio books, so I took special care in in preparing it, and I do a lot of the voices and the accents and and things. So I I had a really good director. I always thought the person just went into a booth and recorded themselves, but the I had a director and an engineer and it, it worked out great. Nice. nice. Yep. Oh, I'm ordering it for sure, man, because I'm an audiobook guy. Excellent. Well listen, you'll be in town uh December tenth, TLA. I really appreciate that. No yeah. problem. Uh GaryGoldman.com if tickets remain, but Gary said he thinks that the shows are sold out. But check, check and check and see and if there's a couple left, make sure you snag them. Uh but Bud, hopefully we'll see you again uh in the flesh sometime in the near future. All right. I would love that. I, I love talking to you guys, and, and thank you for all the encouragement and support over the years. I miss you. Our yeah, pleasure. Likewise. We miss you, too. Thanks a lot, bud. We'll see you soon. Gary okay. Goldman, everybody. Yeah. Take care, my man. And the book, yes, Misfit, uh, Growing Up Awkward in the 1980s, by the way. Oh, there we go. Yeah, we're going to play an 80s classic. So. Well, I'm out of here. All right, we should break. Hang out for a bit. We'll be back shortly. Is your phone an app hole? You know, full of useless apps taking up space? Well, get rid of them and get the WMMR app. You can listen to us wherever you go, get important alerts, and so much more. Because, after all, the world needs less app holes. Preston and Steve. Their name is their address. On on the web. PrestonandSteve.com Football's back, and this Eagle season, there are huge prizes to be won at Acme. Enter Acme Swoopin' and Win Sweepstakes, and you could win up to $10,000 cash or 2024 Eagles season tickets. And all you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at acmeswoopinandwingame.com. Acme makes sure Eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in to discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Winter may seem like a strange time to replace the windows in your home, but with Window Nation, it's the perfect time. Right now, Window Nation is offering you 50% off all window styles. Plus, you can get 0% interest for five years. So get rid of those cold, drafty windows that are costing you more to heat your home. With savings this big, it's time to give Window Nation a look. It's easy. Simply call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com to get started. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, Bizarre. WMMR presents Bizarre. Preston and Steve's Bizarre Final. Uh, we will start with this, and this is from Monday Night Football. I just oh. threw this in here for the hell of it. Halloween might be over. That didn't stop a black cat from <laughs> making its presence known on Monday night in the middle of the game between New York and Dallas. A black cat darted onto the field and stunned fans and commentators looked on. It was hilarious. Yeah. And he went, he got into the end zone. Yeah. He right out on the field. He wandered in uh, on the field before sprinting through the Giants end zone and eventually disappeared under the seat section. The Giants had been leading the Cowboys prior to that destruction, <laughs> but they ended up losing 30 
77 to 18. I go. mean, they gave up 10 points in less than a minute. Uh, I blame the cat. There you go. People are blaming the cat. So, uh, according to MetLife Stadium, the black cat is one of the resident stray cats there. What about uh, the coven of witches sitting in the stands? Uh, the stadium plans to capture the cat and take it to a vet for examination. Did you hear the play-by-play with Kevin Harlan? It was great. Yeah, yeah. It was, it the, was great. The Giants play-by-play guy did it, and he did it again. You know, he's into the end zone. And the crowd went crazy the crowd went when nuts. he got into the end zone. Yeah. It was awesome. Uh, an 11-year-old Zimbabwe girl did something most adults would be afraid to do last week when she rescued her friend from the grips of a crocodile. 11 years old. 11 years old. Rebecca Munkawambe uh, was running to a nearby stream when she heard screams of her 9-year-old friend Latoya Muwani and saw a crocodile pulling her into the water, pulling her underwater. Uh, she said, since I was the eldest among the other seven children, I felt the urge to save her. Rebecca jumped into the water, got on top of the croc, and gouged its eyeballs out. Oh, my God. Which caused it to lose 11 years old? Its grip on LaToya, yeah. Uh, once she was free, uh, once she was free, she said, I swam with her to the banks where the other children pulled her out of the water. Did she hold the crocodile in a half Nelson and do the stop hitting yourself thing? Uh, the crocodile, fortunately, did not attack us after it let, uh, let go of LaToya. Because uh, a crocodile will start doing that death roll. Uh-huh. It's amazing she was able to hold on. The younger girl escaped with uh, just minor injuries. She was bitten on her hand and thigh. LaToya's father was grateful to his daughter's friend for saving her life. Wow. Uh, in a religious affront, a Halloween reveler dressed as Jesus sucker punched a cop outside a bar in San Diego, California. Well, that's not a good Jesus. Police say the assault occurred in the city's downtown gas lamp corner around 1 a.m. The uh, male suspect approached police as they were arresting a man who had been ejected from a nearby bar. Uh, the assailant cops report uh, said uh, he ambushed the officer and struck him in the face. Police were unsure whether the assailant punched or elbowed the patrolman who suffered a one-inch laceration that required stitches. Go in peace. The uh, costume Jesus attacker fled on foot and remains at large. Whoa. Uh, he did not appear to have any accomplices or disciples in tow. So they're looking for him. Police say a North Carolina man has been arrested for impersonating a law enforcement officer after he got himself involved in a police chase. Listen to this. <laughs> Listen to the balls yeah, on this yeah. guy. News outlets report the incident happened after police stopped the car at a grocery store in search of a possible murder suspect. Well, as they approached the car, it sped off. Police had chased the car for about two miles when a Ford Taurus with blue lights sped past the officers that were in pursuit and got in front of the suspect's car. Police said the Taurus driver, 30-year-old David Adams Jr., forced five men out of the suspect car at gunpoint. Adams was later arrested for impersonating an officer. (laughs) He passes a legitimate cop car? He passed two cop cars. In a Taurus? Yes. To go... It's okay. I'm a pretend police officer. Yeah. The men in the car were also arrested. Police said they found... I think you boys can take it from here. How (laughs) funny is that? Oh, my God. I'm also a fireman. Yeah. Uh, And a deadlifter. Yeah, and a deadlifter. (laughs) An enterprising Minnesota college student who drove to Iowa every weekend to buy hundreds... You know, we're going to skip that story because it's a competing... (laughs) Anyway, I didn't even think of that. I'll come back another time. I'll explain a little bit. <laughs> it's an interesting story, but not appropriate yeah, right now. My Autry. <laughs> you didn't know. <laughs> Love Duncan. It's in the news. It's legitimate news. Uh-huh. My Autry. <laughs> and I think it speaks poorly of that company, Preston. The woman who is captured on viral video entering the lion's enclosure. This is a follow-up story. Yes. The lion's enclosure at the Bronx Zoo in September spoke to reporters for the first time at a court appearance for shoplifting 
nesting charge in Kearney, New Jersey. Autry's wild. Do you remember this? It showed I her, do. She was she's a lunatic. The lion. Yeah. Now there was there was a bit of a ravine between her and the lion, but she's still a lunatic. Uh, she had crossed over a fence anyway, yeah, yeah. so she was getting too close. Autry's wild interaction with the media, almost as strange as her interaction with the animals at the zoo, began with her bowing to the reporters as she warmly greeted them with shalom. <laughs> in an often rambling 15-minute session outside the courthouse, Autry said her reasoning for jumping into the lion's den was, quote, a lot more spiritual than she had never, uh, and she was never afraid while she was in there. She said, I fear nobody, no animal, no human, no one. So, no, I wasn't fearing of the lion because the lion loved me. That's why he came to me, and I let the lion know. Lion, I love you. Uh, she said she would never... Oh, I love you, too. Uh, she would never have been injured by the lion who eyed her as she seemed to dance while across a moat from the ferocious feline because she had the animal... Uh, she and the animal apparently are one. And why did she get a press conference? Uh, I don't know. Uh, she said, I am the lion now. Can you tell? Have you ever heard of reincarnation? Do your history, young man, she said before complimenting the reporter's eyes and smile. Do your history. It's called reincarnation. I am the lion now. Uh, she refused to address the shoplifting charge that she had against her and is still one. I am the, a shoplifting lion. By the NYPD for a criminal trespassing charge. However, she made it clear that she has no ill will toward the police department. Uh-huh. But she said, I love you, lion. I hope they are treating you right in the zoo. You know Maya love you. I didn't mean to mistreat you or nothing. You must be out of your goddamn mind. I seen how you came to me. I seen. We connected to the kids. Respect your parents, please. Your teacher's authority. Uh, it's I saw how you came to me. I know I'm a lion as well. I saw how you came to me. We will do one last story. A woman with severe pain and swelling in her belly for several months turned out to be suffering from a massive cyst that was over three feet wide and 40 pounds. Mm. Yeah. Uh, she had you to have, want to have that looked at. Well, here's the deal. She had to have the gigantic 40-pound growth removed oh God. without general anesthetic because of her medical condition at the time. Doctors in Wardah, India, described Kavita Kalam's swollen abdomen as bigger than a pregnancy bump. Uh, she had been enduring intense pain for the last seven months because she could not afford medical treatment. That's horrific. It was only when the tumor in her right ovary had grown so much that it was starting to cause respiratory distress that she was brought to the hospital with the help of villagers who uh, raised the uh, about $100 that she needed at the hospital. But the money is, is you know, a little bit goes a long way. Then, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the doctors performed a battery of tests, CT scan. They found an ovarian cyst, and it grew nearly 42 inches wide and weighed a whopping 40 pounds. It's like a big pumpkin. It's huge. Uh, it was so large, it took up 95% of the patient's abdomen. The doctor said the surgery was challenging because the cyst was so huge. They had to take great care to remove it without bursting it, and the patient was not fit for general anesthesia. So how, what do they do? So after discuss discussion with the senior anesthetist, they decided to operate in spinal anesthesia and epidural. So essentially they, they numbed her from the waist down. And yeah. Stand the out. comedian in the room. Uh, the doctors took out the cyst by making, listen to this, a two-centimeter incision from above the pubic bone uh, to the belly button, and they had to just slowly, like, bring it out a little bit at a time through that tiny hole. Yeah, right? Uh, they said if the tumor uh, was not removed uh, on the right time, it could have ruptured her abdomen. Uh, Think of how much of her body weight was that tumor. She weighed 125 pounds before the surgery, and she was 82 pounds Whoa. after oh the cyst was removed. Oh, my God. Yep. Uh, 
she's now stable and her food intake is reportedly improving. What's her prognosis? She's going to be okay. She's going to be okay. Isn't that wild? All right, and there you go. That's what I have for you in the bizarre file this morning. Take a break. We'll be back in just a moment. Make sure you stay with us. If you think Jackie Bam Bam is colorful on the radio, just wait till you see him in this year's Mummer's Parade. MMR's beloved nighttime host once again struts his stuff down Broad Street in Philly's New Year's Day tradition. So if you're heading downtown, cheer him on. If your plans include the couch and nursing a hangover, well, then text MUMMER to 39333. We'll text you a link and let you know the how and when to catch Jackie on TV. Plus, check out a gallery of Jackie Bam Bam's award-winning MUMMER costumes from the station that loves being a Philadelphia tradition, too. 93. WMMR. Everything that rocks. Philly. The trash business is a whole oh 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. Going on today, Steve? Well, King Charles's coronation date is looming and he's starting to nail down the musical talent that will entertain guests during the week-long celebration. The 74-year-old royal announced the lineup, which will include... Shine Down, Billy Idol, Larkin no, Poe, Aaron Jones, and Dirty Honey. Yeah! How about that? Familiar. That's a hell of a show. <laughs> a casting director who will help select the next James, the next actor to play James Bond says they are looking for a mature man with a sense of humor. Many odds makers took this to mean it's almost a lock for Dick Van Dyke. Wow. Oh my God. And finally, Nick Cannon revealing if his 11 kids by six different women ever spend time together. Cannon says it happens now and then, but admits it can get difficult booking the convention center. <laughs> and that's your Hollywood All right. Our guest is on the line. All right. Oh. Yeah, we've been talking about this all morning long. And uh, how, old, how old is he now? 48? Is that 48, what we found out? Yeah. Wow. And he's, he's uh, just it's nothing stopping keep him. Keep going. I mean, yeah. usually sometimes age can be an issue. Yeah. I think, think can... Mick Jagger will still be out there trying to be a rock star at age 50. <laughs> You're sadly, sadly mistaken. Sadly. Sadly. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> Is on the show. Hey, Jimmy. Good, good morning. Good morning. That's a great intro. You know, I went to go. I remember doing that line. Uh, you know, a lot of people are like, they don't know that I was in Almost Famous. But I'm like, I'm the guy with the beard. They're like, oh, my gosh. But uh, I remember I was so nervous doing that line. And Cameron Crowe's directing and Kate Hudson's awesome. Billy Crudup, all these people are there. And I was like, all right, just. Do it and pretend like you're just uh, doing it, like uh, playing around, like in your uh, in your bedroom or something, like right. imitating Jagger. So I'm like, you think Mick Jagger's going to be out there? I should be being a rock star. And I just did one take like that, and Cameron's like, that's it. That's what I wanted. We got it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to change my life. I'm going to be a movie star. And then uh, that was the last movie. <laughs> it is. It's quoted often, though. Oh, it's it you have a very memorable. You're you're, you're great in the movie. Yeah. And if you're going to land a movie where you get quoted, let it be almost famous. Yeah. Oh, that's the one to do. You know, I saw the play on Broadway, and I went to go see it. And uh, I'll make the long story short, but halfway through the show. Uh, I, I didn't want to make a big deal. I just want to show up and support, you know, and I'm there watching all these things and all these members are coming back and intermission, um, uh, seat, uh, 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 someone comes over to security and they said, is anyone sitting here next to you? I go, no. And they go, well, someone wants to come down. And it was Cameron Crowe. Ah. Sat next to me and watched the whole second half of the play with me. That's and great. Oh, he's such a good dude. I'm like, it made me so happy, and I, I loved it. That was, yeah. uh, that was, I was a lot of very, a lot of uh, lucky, fun moments in my life. 
Excellent. Well, listen, we could, we could go on about the things you've done in your career, but you definitely want to talk about That's My Jam Season 2. That's why you're getting in touch. It's coming out uh, on the 17th on uh, NBC, 10 o'clock. So this, for those who haven't seen the first season, uh, take us through how, how the game works. And obviously it plays on, on all the great music games and contests that you guys do uh, on a nightly basis. Yeah, how do I describe it? That's My Jam is like, uh, it's, it's hour long. It's music, uh, comedy, variety, game show. So we have four celebrities split into two teams and they have like music trivia and then they, they usually have a showdown where they sing something or in a weird way. I'm telling you, this year we crushed it. it it's so fun. I guarantee the next day you'll be talking about at least one or two of the performances from the night before. Like the first episode, Tuesday night, uh, we have Jason Derulo singing a beautiful, beautiful version of the song song. The song, the song, oh, song. Here we okay. go. Yes, but he does. He does an operatic version, and he he can sing. By the way, I'm like, oh my god, go Jason Derulo! Wow. And it's the funniest thing. It's so weird. We have uh, Nicole Scherzinger, uh, who obviously can sing, but a lot of people don't know. She's so known from Mass Singer as a judge, but she she does Celine Dion as a Led Zeppelin song. And it's, I lo- I love those riffs. I've seen I've seen stuff like that that you guys have done, and it it, it is fun. We do similar things where we'll sing a contest where it's different li- a, a set of lyrics from one song applied to the music of another, and it and so you think, well, that's not going to be that hard, but it is hard, uh, and to do it well. Which of the contests is your favorite to participate? Because you you're the host, you're there, but which which of the one of these contests contained in the show do you most like participating in? I mean, I, I like when people do like uh, this. I, I love impressions. That's kind of how I started in my, you know, career. You know, I would do impressions of John Travolta. You know, or you know, like I just swear to God, it's so weird though. Here, like I can't stand the. I like seeing celebrities do impressions of other singers. Like Ariana Grande is crushed oh. on my show on, on the Tonight Show, doing impressions of. I mean, she's done. Christina Aguilera, she's done Paramore, she's uh, like uh, amazing. Uh, I so I, I always love seeing uh, those things like that. So this year, there's a couple great uh, impressions where you're just like, okay, this is going to people are going to be talking like that. Like someone does Avril Lavigne this year. Um, I'm trying to think, someone does Beaver. Um, it, it, it gets. I mean, it's really uh, someone does Adam Lambert does. Do you know the Muffin Man? Uh-huh. Adam, <laughs> it's great. That's excellent. And he's like, do you know the Muffin Man, Muffin Man, Muffin Man? <laughs> and it is so <laughs> stupid and so funny. And he can really sing. It is, honestly, it, it's just fun. It's just a good, fun hour. It's after the boys. Check it out. Just don't change the channel. Fall asleep to it. If you like it, <laughs> like it. Hey. Uh, you know, if you stay up late, you can watch the Tonight Show. There, there you go. go. Hey, Jimmy, being being the host of a show as well, and having to uh, conduct contests, one of the downsides, I think, because I'm a huge music fan as well, is that you don't get to play the games, uh, and and I get so bummed out. I come up with these games, and I don't get to participate in them. Do you feel the same way from time to time? I do, and I'm a competitive guy as well. So I'm like, oh, I could do that. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh, come on, let me let me try. Come on, I, yeah. I can answer that. Like. You don't know the answer to that. Like I'm, so, I get so into it. So it's a little hard for me. But, but the outlet I have is the Tonight Show. So the Tonight Show, I get to play all the games. So if you really need help, 
you're welcome to come on the tonight show whenever you want and play any game. And, and yeah, you can play. You can play with me whenever you want. Thanks, let, me, let me ask you. Obviously, the Tonight Show is a staple. It's you know, it's you know, it's always there. That's great. You're the host, and but do you see a potential because you're also a a great game show host? Do you see that as a possible at the time when you want to retire uh, from the Tonight Show, moving into this realm fully? I mean, you know, it's interesting. You 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 read those things and you hear like Merv Griffin, you know, used to like own islands in the Bahamas, and you go, "How does this all happen?" <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's like, uh, I I think my bread and butter is the Tonight Show. That's my baby. You know, it's a legacy. I got to take care of that thing. That's my number one priority. Uh, and so if I if I lose that, then I think you know I, I don't think the other things will kind of work. So I think. I got to keep make sure that's still great and number one and doing well and entertaining. And then the other spring offs, it's fun. It's fun to challenge myself and see if I can do both. Right. Uh, with right now, I'm kind of pulling it off, but it's like, well, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, you know, I, I think tonight's show is where I would land more as, uh, as a game show host. But. Jimmy, I wanted to ask you about like content that you guys put out because you, you create a lot of content every week, uh, and some of it lands and, and it becomes enormously popular. Some of it is just funny in the moment and, and people move on. But the the latest one that people seem to be responding to is this teeny weeny being with Paul Rudd, and I've seen it a million times now at this point. Do you have any idea why some of it connects uh, better than others, or is it just sort of like you throw it out there and see what sticks? You can't plan on it being a hit. We've tried that. We, someone's like, "Oh, trust me, this will go viral if you do this." If you think that with that mindset, it never works. It really never works. So you just got to keep throwing things and trying new things. I think new things, I would say, if I was giving any advice to anyone, just do something that no one's done. And that you have more chance of that going viral than something that's been done before. But teeny weeny beanie, it was uh, it's just, again, a silly idea about those tiny little ski hats that everyone's wearing right now. It's very trendy. And we made it into a rap song about, you know, I don't go anywhere without my teeny weeny beanie, teeny weeny beanie. And, and so I go, who would be good for that? And they were like, Paul Rudd? And I go, and of course, everyone's first answer is, he'll never do that. Cut to, we're ba- wearing teeny weeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's brilliant. I mean, you, you have access to arguably with the one of the absolute greatest bands in the world, you know, with the roots. And, and, and uh, I mean, so, so obviously, do you... Uh, they, they've got to be on board for all this. I assume you go to... Do you ever have to sell a concept that they're composing some music for you? Well, when I when I lucked out and, and got the roots to be the the, the band, you know, I, I I was I was like, this band can do anything. They can play with Jay Z. They can play with Tony Bennett. And you know, I've seen it both happen. You know, and and so I go, this is this would be the ultimate greatest band. And they they love being challenged. You know, they they, they mm. actually live for it. They're like, yeah, could put me on with Keith Urban. Mm. Let's let's see if we can play with country song. You know, let they, they they love music and they love. These silly songs I do, just to watch it go down, or any music reference. I'm just so lucky. You know, who knew how long it would last? You know, uh, when I first met with Questlove and uh, and Tariq, and uh, but it's been 15 years. Yeah, and we've been through a lot of stuff. I mean, Questlove won an Oscar last year. Yeah, <laughs> we've really been through a lot of cool things. But there is no one in the world like that band. Uh, not even close. You can't hold the candle to it. They're so good and talented. You can, like, right now, bring up a song and they would do the whole entire song and you could jam with them. And it's like, to have that freedom to do that, it, it just, it makes the show great. It just, 
it just makes it fun, like a fun hour. I look forward to going to work every single day. Uh, they're, you're lucky to have them, and they're lucky to have you, man. Real quick, I know you got to wrap up, Jimmy, but uh, back in 2017, I just want to say thank you again. You did a you did a shout out to us on, on your show, and we will never forget that, and we really appreciate it. But uh, we want to put uh, people in the direction of uh, season two. That's my jam. It's on uh, March 17th, 10 o'clock. You can catch out on NBC. We love you, Jimmy. Thanks for coming on, man. <laughs> Thank you, thank you so much. I can't wait to come back. Please. Anytime. Jimmy Fallon, yeah. everybody. That's awesome, man. Yeah. He's the best. Uh, we have a clip of the, the shout-out he gave us. Yeah. Oh, nice. uh, you want to hear this from Jimmy back in 2017. Uh, and I've been doing tons of uh, press for this record, and a bunch of radio. So I want to thank all the uh, morning radio guys that I, I went on the, uh, their stations this morning and bothered them for a good 10 minutes. Uh, I want to give a quick shout-out to the Preston and Steve show in Philly. You guys, it deals the deal. I promise I shout you out. You guys are awesome. Anyway, guys, That's the cool. album is only $9.99 on the Zon. <laughs> the Zon. The Zon. Amazon. Uh, he didn't have to do that. No, he did not. No. And, and, he, and like, like you said, we weren't the only one that he spoke to that day, but he, uh, he was he nice asked and he to, did it. Uh, to give some love, which is really, really cool. Still Appreciate waiting for an Oscar acceptance speech to include us. <sighs> I, it's not too late. No, we got some people who are working it. Yeah. I mean, I think our closest possibility would be Giacchino. Yes, Michael that's Giacchino. what I was just thinking. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, and it only just has to be like, I, you know, I got to thank Preston and Steve and then, you know, the, the yeah. producers. and doesn't have to say yeah. who we are. Just no. throw it in yeah. there. Yeah. This is why we have to go out there so that we're somehow connected to whatever he's working on Listen, that may get him an award. Kathy, Adam McKay. You know, yeah. He's had the opportunity because he has won Oscars. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zack Snyder, yeah. major, you know, juggernaut out there doing stuff. You got Rebel Moon hopping up with Netflix soon. Kevin Smith, you never Kevin know. Kevin Smith as well. Yeah. Shyamalan. Uh, yeah. Shyamalan. Shyamalan. Yeah. Has he won? Gary Lauer. Yeah. Has uh, Shyamalan been nominated? Gary Lauer. I didn't think about that. Yeah. yeah. It, was a, it, was a, it was a labor of love. <laughs> yeah. Shyamalan. Well, yes. Nominated for two Oscars. He, definitely for the sixth sense. Uh, was he do, nominated for a script or directing or both? Uh, you nailed it. Oh, you, there we go. Best director and best writing nominated twice in 2000 for the same movie. All right. All right. What was the movie you said? Six, Six cents. Six cents. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. You know, it was almost a nice split. Uh, um, yeah. And the yeah. script for that is so good, especially when they break down the, the, the multiple, you know, he obviously did his due diligence on figuring out, you know, that world. And when uh, Betty Buckley is is describing how that could be our perception of, of a superhero or, of, of, you know, yeah. somebody who's able to do that. And it was, I know it's rooted in, in science, but he's got such a way with his scripts. Yeah. Is Servant out the next season? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't say anything. <laughs> don't worry. It's too confusing for me yeah. to explain it to you. I stopped. Um, just real quick, speaking about the Oscars, and we were talking about composers yesterday. Uh, there was a um, piece on John Williams last night on uh, NBC Nightly News, and he has been nominated for an Oscar 51 times. Wow. Nominated. And, wow. I, mean, it's just, and I think he is the by far, uh, far and away, the most ever nominated. He hasn't won for 30 years. I think the last time he won was... Hitler's? Uh, no, it was, it was before that, Steve. Um, uh, no, no, no. You're right. You're absolutely right. Wow. What you wanted in nineteen for Schindler's List. Yeah. Uh, but he's nominated this year for a movie that I really want to see and have not seen yet, The Fablemans. Yes. Uh, and it's supposed to be fantastic. Okay. Did he win for Ernest Goes to Jail? He did. Uh, did, okay. he did. He did. He did. He, he, did. he did that with James Horner as well. <laughs> yeah. They needed two people on that because they, they do a lot of uh, German opera. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Right. Well, uh, this has been a slice, but we got to take a break, gang. We'll be back in a moment. Preston and Steve.
So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 